Hello, everybody, and welcome to Light of Illumis, a short D&D <clears throat> campaign about four clerics who are going to change the world. Um, and hello to our wonderful cast. Uh, we got, where am I over here? We've got uh, Trump over here, and we've got Living Pink, and then down there is Ryuzilla. No, over there is Ryuzilla, and down over here is Nick um, Greenzerg. Hello, everybody. Hello, old friends. How are you all doing? What's up? Hey, guys really excited hello yay happy to be here yep as usual excellent um, we're coming together for a short campaign we're doing four sessions of three hours each with a very specific purpose in mind our characters are on a self-imposed holy mission to change the way sunlight works in the world there have been too many undead they've been ravaging the lands jen's character uh, Sister Helen is the one who came up with the idea of all of this. She is from a small island called Scrub Isle off of Gate Isle, off of the larger continent of Arcadia. There she served under the Longborn family for many years as a cleric of Illumis, the sun god. Until one day, a necromancer by the name of Malsifer Winters began to overrun the, Gadia, uh, the island of Gadia. Um, in her quest to rid the world of undead or at least her island of undead she's traveled the lands of arcadia looking for answers and the answers she's found of course cleric of loomis would come up with this is that sunlight <laughs> purifying cleansing sunlight it kills vampires very quickly if only it could kill other undead and so she began a long quest to find a way to cause sunlight to burn the rest of the undead and a way she has found We'll get into those details in a little bit. But first, let's walk around the table and introduce our characters so everybody knows what's going on. And let's start with who else but the cleric of Illumis, Jen, Sister Helen. Yes. Who are you? I, I am Sister Helen. You did uh, share a little bit about my background, so I will not repeat it. But indeed, cleric of Illumis, uh, mm. servant of the House of Longborn. Uh, I am obviously the chosen one, uh, considering uh, that I w uh, my hour of birth was high noon on the summer solstice, uh, and a traveler happened to drop a golden coin shaped like the sun on the day of uh, when I was born. Sorry, my window just left me and I cannot see anything anymore. Uh, all right, so uh, my character has extremely, I decided to be very original and basically do me, which I've never <laughs> done before, but I thought it worked out. So my character has extremely pale skin, which is totally not good for when there is sun. I have red hair, zero sun resistance. However, since I am blessed by the by Illumis himself, I believe that I have to spend as much time as possible in the sun to receive as much holy energy as possible, which causes me to have major permanent sunburns and occasional peeling, uh, which reminds me daily of how powerful the sun is. <laughs> yes. So it's basically me in the sun forever, and then my skin really cannot tolerate it. I'm, it's, it's horrible, but I'm extremely thankful for it. That's great. Yeah. It reminds me to be humble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, what can you tell us about your character? Um, 
What would you like me to tell us about my character? Oh, um, do you, are you an only child? Do you have a family? What is your, aside from, you know, purging the world of undead, uh, what, what, you know, what's the, tell me just a little bit about your character for a little bit of personality, maybe likes or dislikes. Um, oh, any yeah. Major enemies? <laughs> well, I do definitely have a major enemy. Uh, Malsifer Winter, the evil necromancer who has been uh, plaguing the long, longboard lands, uh, he decided somehow to raise hordes of undead near our lands. Uh, so that's why I had to leave my beloved uh, longboard family and go figure out a solution for this necromancer problem. At first, I thought it would be simple to just get rid of this one necromancer. But to my, you know, terrible surprise, I found out the necromancer undead issue was more widespread than I expected when I reached the mainland. Hmm. So, you know, you kind of just put your finger into the, the thing and then your whole arm is caught up. And <laughs> suddenly you have to save the world. Not what just do you mean <laughs> it was a bigger problem when you got to the mainland? What else was there going on? Oh, I discovered there was a bunch of undead all over the land and it was an uncontrolled problem and nobody was dealing with it. People were just being overtaken by them. So I had to do some research, like you said earlier, DM Neil, mm. uh, had to do some research to figure out how do we get rid of the undead or at least control them. Mm -hmm. uh, and by doing all this research or slowly collecting one undead at a time and exposing them, my scientific research of sunlight exposition, uh, I realized that they are all more sensitive to light than even me. They don't mm. just get sunburned and peel their skin off. They slowly dwindle down over weeks and weeks of exposition to the sun. Mm. Uh, it is just a very, very, very slow process. Mm. Um, and this is why we need the Philosopher's Stone. Why? What does the Philosopher's Stone help you with? Ah, we need the Philosopher's Stone because the Philosopher's Stone is an object of great power that we heard about mm -hmm. that will allow us to channel magic uh, and hopefully channel the light uh, with a ritual in order to amplify the light's power and rid the land of the undead, at least during mm. daytime. <laughs> for nighttime mm -hmm. we'll just figure it out you know well just if they're only hike. around during the day it's not so bad right you can't amass an night, army yeah. during the yeah 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 we'll, we'll be fine we'll just hide you Excellent. know i can't solve everything just most of it yeah yeah um great and just a couple more questions for you where do you where's this ritual going to take place Ah, uh, yes. We will have to go to the holiest place we know, the Pyramid of Heatstroke. It mm. is the area that is said to be the closest to the gods and has the strongest connection to them. So, of course, we must bring the Amplifier, Philosopher's Stone, to the area of great connection to the gods, the Pyramid of Heatstroke. Mm. But in order to do that, we will have to face many, many dangers. Mm. Many undead, mm. probably, and cross many lands, including the Golden Sea. Mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. Yeah, Golden excellent. Sea. Very good job, Jen. Well done. I, I studied up a little. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up to introduce their character is going to be Greenzerg. Who are you, and who are you playing, my friend? <clears throat> uh, my name's Nick. You may know me from such other D and D campaigns as Frozen Frontier, Teams of Scoria, 
and hardcore heroes. I am playing against my own better judgment. This is how you know that Neil made our characters. I am playing a dwarf. Uh, <laughs> luckily, though, it's stopping me sleeping at night, and so I'm awake to play the campaign. Um, my dwarf is named Kerberos. He is a cleric of Falumbra, and he is from High Castle. I think he probably originated from the Dwarven lands just to the north of High Castle, but uh, finds himself now living in the city as somewhat of an advisor to the court of the king slash duke there. Uh, he's quite a strange individual. He's kind of like a, you know, a therapist. He's going to ask you about yourself. He's going to try and understand who you are, not the face that you present to the world, but he wants to know exactly who you are. He wants to know where to file your soul when you die and it returns to Flumbra. You know, if he can send a little message up to Flumbra, say, you know, file this one in the evil section, mm-hmm. makes their job a little bit easier. So whenever he meets new people, he wants to know what their intentions are. Doesn't really care either way, whether their intentions are good or bad, but mostly cares about them being true to themselves. Um, he's lived a life of, you know, advising and magic, living in the city, helping the nobility there, helping the royals there. He's not really a fighter. You know, he's sturdy, he's a dwarf, and he's not weak or anything. He's got an axe, he's got some armor that he can uh, wear, but he's not really a fighting dwarf. And against his natural instincts of self-preservation, he finds himself on this holy quest. And I think the reason for him going is mostly that he's old. Um, I'm not sure how old old is for a dwarf now. How old do dwarves live? A couple hundred years? It's probably, you know, 150 plus, something like that. You know, he's mm-hmm. served a good life. He's served many different uh, dukes and kings and whatever. And, you know... He longs for the touch of his goddess. He wants his soul to return mm. to the moon. And he's been looking for a, a good way to achieve this. And this holy quest, if successful, will be a great achievement. And if we fail, then he will return to Falumbra with uh, good intentions and a happy heart. Mm. Excellent. And our next character is none other than Trump. Uh, who are you and who are you playing? Hey, I'm uh, Bert Holt. I am a cleric of tempos. And I've got the tragic backstory of being in this general region. I'm from the capital, Stormheim. Uh, Stormheim has been overrun by undead. And while I used to be just a uh, advisor in the area, uh, helping people with their life decisions in the temple of Tempos. Uh, now I find myself not able to do that because the capital is in ruins and even I have to pick up my arms in these trying times. Does that mean you didn't used to walk around with weapons and armor? No, I used to prepare no time and tell them helpfully to the uh, <laughs> people in the city. Mm. If they needed that information. Did you know that's a first level <laughs> spell in this game? It's a good one. I hear that's OP. I hear there's the, there used to be like a, a person you could just call up and they just tell you what the time was. Is that you? 
I, I used to, you know, prepare it just in case someone <laughs> needed to know and they were in the area. And uh, uh, now, though, no weeks. more no time. <laughs> and uh, what <laughs> what are you up to these days? I've uh, I've sworn to try to return Stormheim back to its glory to set this entire region back into its uh, rightful path as Tempos says that it should be. And I'm saying that undead are not part of this plan for Tempos. Tempos is the god of fate. Uh, we all walk down one true path and this is currently not the right way. So the right way is making sure all these undead are eradicated from these lands. Hmm. Um, so now that Stromheim has been overrun by undead, where where have you gone? Where have you traveled to? Good question. Where? <laughs> uh, I think you ended up in Confluence and High Castle and traveled around in this region maybe a little bit. I think we're going to yes. pick up our game in High Castle. Um, but what else can you tell us about your, your character? <clears throat> What else, uh, uh, you know, are you uh, an aggressive, mean person? Are you, um, you know, bitter and angry about the world? Uh, outwardly, I'm a tall, middle-aged man, and I, uh, a man of few words, you would see me as basically stoic, um, or uncertain whether or not I harbor, like, what level of vengeance I harbor for the undead. But clearly, my goal is to set things right. Let's see, a man with a purpose these days. Mm hmm. Excellent. And last but not least, we have uh, Ryan. Tell us who you are and who you're playing today. What's up, guys? Uh, my tag is uh, Ryuzilla, and I am playing uh, Cornelius. I am a cleric of Malchus. Um, so, to tell you a little bit about my god and. Um, myself as an extension of my god um he is the god of chaos and the god of humans so what does this mean um essentially he believes that people um gain strength through chaos and complacency through um you know steady times so the uh the goal is to create um turbulence keep people on their toes and that will create the strongest uh people essentially like people who are um turbulent waters create the strongest swimmers is one of his his quotes hmm. so um yeah my my goal is to um keep people on their toes and also um since he's the god of humans my job is also to help protect humans and uh, currently, since they are under um, attack from this undead menace, um, using my uh, my chaotic nature, my goal will be to um, protect hmm. and uh, um, humans. You want to protect the humans. You yes. also want to cause chaos. How does that yeah. How does that work in a time like this when you know undead are swarming over everything? Isn't that sort of a chaotic time? It is, and um, I, I guess I kind of view that as a good thing. You know, I, th I think during this chaotic time, the cream will rise to the crop. Those who are good swimmers will rise to the occasion, and the, the, um, their, their strength will be 
shown in this time of chaos, I think. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we are going to start our story um, just as we are acquiring this, this holy item, this, this powerful magical artifact known as a philosopher's stone. Uh, a philosopher's stone is a shard of the staff that supports the world that has fallen to the ground. And it's essentially like pure magic in crystallized form. This, this philosopher's stone is, um, you can think of it as like a block of C4 or like a nuclear bomb. It's, it's a ton of power and it condensed into a small area and it amplifies magic. And, you know, it can also other amplify other things. If you were to hit a philosopher's stone with a hammer, it would probably explode and kill you. Um, but if you use it to cast a spell, you it'll cast your spell much, much more powerfully. Uh, however, a lot of power like this needs a lot of control. And if you use it recklessly or carelessly or without really knowing what you're doing, you probably a lot more is going to happen than you intend, most likely. So it's not the sort of thing you can walk around with and just like use to cast spells willy-nilly unless you're happy to risk life and limb immediately. Um, one of the things you need this for is for this this quest you're on this quest to change the light and part of that quest involves a ritual and we don't have a ritual yet part of the game part of our four sessions here is going to be coming up with what a ritual would look like to invoke Illumis, the god of light to change his rays to burn the undead so as our campaign continues we'll be checking in with the players to see if anyone can come up with a, a good ritual for this or maybe you know one person gives a little component of a ritual and another person gives another component and together hopefully we will come up with a good ritual now good rituals also need materials so let's hope we come up with this before you arrive in the pyramid of heat stroke otherwise someone might have to like do a store run to the next town over to like grab some holy oil or some incense or whatever it is um, but to start our game we're gonna start in a tavern just as this figure Grimes is walking out the door after having handed Sister Helen this Philosopher's Stone. He's brought it to you in a box. Box. Much like this one. It's small-ish. It's wooden. Um, it has silver and lead lining on the inside of it. And if you open it, Inside, you will find the Philosopher's Stone itself. The silver and lead lining of the box is to try and suppress the magic from the stone from other people noticing its effects. Anyone that might be casting a magic spell in the area or might be casting a detect magic spell in the area, you don't want anyone to accidentally notice this. But so great is the power of the Philosopher's Stone that it will leak through even those um, magical barriers. And so uh, in the tavern, let's get our tavern music up and running. Our party is sitting in High Castle. Tavern here is, ooh, well, let's just set the scene for High Castle. High Castle used to be a great city, one of the five great cities of the land. But through the undead scourges and the wars that have plagued the lands recently, High Castle has become shadow of its former self. The streets used to be guarded. There used to be patrols of soldiers. There used to be order here. But now the soldiers uh, really just operate out of small bases. Once upon a time that, you know, one soldier could walk through the streets and keep an eye on things. And then maybe five or six years ago, things became too chaotic for that. And single soldiers couldn't keep a hand on things. So they, they worked in patrols. And a few years uh, after that, 
things got even worse. Bandit gangs began to pop up and small patrols of soldiers could get ambushed and killed. And so now they sort of work out of little stations scattered throughout the town, going out in large groups for specific tasks, which is left to the streets of High Castle with laws that nobody can enforce. So the whole place is sort of, um, you know, it's refuse everywhere. There's crime everywhere. It's sort of a might makes right. Everyone hires bodyguards and has weapons. Thieves abound. Um, it's a it's a dirty, nasty place. But still, it's one of the few places where civilization still rests. And here we are in this sort of dingy tavern, sitting in like the, the poor district of town, away from the guards, away from the nobility, away from all of those fancy things in this uh, little corner of the, the of the city um, and here you've been given the philosopher's stone in this box and Grimes the man who's giving it to you walks out the door leaving the four characters sitting around a table drinks in hand maybe some food on some plates looking to one another your your holy quest is now officially begun <clears throat> Kerberos is staring into the eyes of Sorry, Jan's character. Can you tell me your name? Mr. Helen. Mr. Sister Helen. Sister Helen, Helen yeah. <laughs> staring, staring into Sister Helen's eyes as she receives the stone. He's he's trying to look to see how she reacts to it, try and glimpse her intentions. Yeah, um, but I, weird, just weirdly sort of staring at you in a strange way. I, I do give it a quick look, uh, you know, kind of stealthy, and I, I, I do a, a solemn nod, and then I will uh, pass it around for each of you to take a look, because uh, it, it seems like something all of us should at least uh, look at once before we seal the box forever until we make it to the end of our journey. Yeah, uh, so you, I, I get to do a little round table. As each of you pops it open and looks inside, it looks like a rock. Like a rock you'd find outside. It's not shiny. It's not faceted. It's not clear. It's just like mm -hmm. a piece of gray rock that someone left picked up on the ground. <laughs> uh, I, I go like, what a wonderful, wondrous item. Oof, my eyes are not worthy of such a sight that I hand it over. <laughs> are you sure uh, this is it? Can't you feel this immense energy? just channeled through you as you hold the box? Perhaps we should check. Uh, you said that man's name was Grimes, right? I've heard his name around. I think he might be a man of ill repute. I have the magics ready. Um, okay. I'll stand up from the table uh, with the box closed in front of me. And I'll look around me, Neil. The bar, is it? Is it super busy? Do I feel like I can cast a spell here without... Uh, it is a, a very busy bar. There's a lot of people about, but everyone's sort of keeping to themselves. They're kind of like talking quietly. If you were to cast a spell, it would be noticed by everyone about, for surezies. Um, I've got a holy symbol on. I'm literally at a table of four clerics. I stand up, you know, I we get a look at Kerberos now, right? He's wearing uh, chainmail and leather limbs because, and he kind of looks like he's squeezed into his chainmail. Like perhaps it was uh, made for him many years ago when he was a bit more svelte. Maybe even he's had to replace the limbs with leather just to get a little bit more breathing room. Uh, he's got a long ginger beard uh, braided with moon-shaped um, like hair clips, like holding the braids in his beard and long ginger hair as well. And um, 
if you get a glimpse of his arms, he's got tattoos up and down his arm of the phases of the moon. So he kind of stands up, clears his throat, <clears throat> uh, looks around at the people, making sure that everyone who's heard him clear his throat sees him and realizes, you know, who he is. And then quietly, but not super quietly, will cast Detect Magic. Yeah. And well, look at I'll cover from by saying, well, let us all uh, pray and celebrate this meal. Uh, thank you all for joining us. And I start muttering as well. <laughs> not yeah. a spell but yeah I, with, I'm gonna oh sorry go for it with one cleric standing up and um, doing this thing another cleric getting up and like making a, a, a thankful speech about <laughs> the food the people in the bar kind of get quiet for a moment that the tone drops down there's just a few clinking of silverware on, on dishes and a glass being set down here or there and you can see like out of the corner of their eyes everyone starts looking in your direction Oh, I'm going to reply. Oh, no, no need to worry or look, everybody. Don't, don't worry. We're just very thankful for this holy meal we're about to share. You know, just four clerics finally gathered together. It's so nice to have such a such a <clears> holy <throat> presence among us. Feel free to join us in a prayer before we eat this food. <laughs> a few, I, I, give me a Christmas I encourage you to hold hands with your... your the fellow people at your table while we do this little ritual. Mm -hmm. uh, can I get... Yeah. <laughs> is it Birdie? Birdie and Sister Helen? Yeah. To roll me charisma checks? Did I butcher your name, Trump? <laughs> That's an interesting abbreviation. Bert Holt. Bert Holt. Birdie? I thought that he uh, did charisma check. something. Yeah. Okay. A 31! Oh my god. I feel like we got a lot of people being very faithful right now. You gotta be thankful for that meal. After I cast the spell, um, I will open my eyes again. And do they do my eyes look different? Do I have like a purple sheen or something to the whites of my eyes? Something you like tell that? me. You tell me how the magic works. That's how I'm, that yeah, that's how I'm imagining it. I think you know, all the different vision spells kind of change the white color of your, your eyes slightly. Mm -hmm. This magic's quite a weak one. Uh, I think it's purple, but it's kind of like a light kind of just lilac <laughs> tint to the eyes. And I will very, very slowly and cautiously open the box. I'm imagining I'm seeing the aura of the Philosopher's Stone spilling out from the case before I even glimpse the stone itself. Yeah, I mean, even as you just look down towards it, you can feel and see this like powerful aura emanating from the box. It already looks to be a strong aura um, before you've lifted it. But as you begin to lift the lid on the box, the, the stone within shines so brightly that it actually begins to blind you and you have to turn your eyes away. So I great I is the close power. The, I close the box as soon as I'm certain that this is so <laughs> overwhelming that it's obviously the Philosopher's Stone. And I, I close it back down and I look narrowing my eyes at the three people in front of me. You'll see that and there are no six. longer three people in front of you. There's maybe 12 people. A whole bunch of people have come over with those uh, prayers <laughs> to come and, you know, make <laughs> offerings and blessings over dinner. And it, there's also a couple of folks by the door who, like, got up and mm. left when you were like, everyone, come, <laughs> prayers for breath for lunch. And people just, like, yeah. skedaddled out of there. Yeah. Under my breath, yeah. I say, am I the only priest of Malchus? I feel like everybody's doing a great job creating chaos over here. <laughs> I don't even have to do anything. Um, 
I will close the box and I everyone at the table and then slide it back over towards um, Sister Helen and say, uh, you should keep close care of this. Thank there are many you. in these lands who would want to take it from us. Hmm. Then the miracle has indeed occurred. Uh, so I finished the, the prayers with everyone. I let them scatter. Uh, and then I, I am basically beaming uh with pride because we just acquired the most important artifacts for our mission uh and then you can see that i would want to get up and kind of you know do this big like you know sermon uh but noticing that we have you know this very precious artifact that maybe somebody would want uh, i figured i should try to contain myself and stay seated uh, so I'm going to start my speech. <laughs> well, before you start your speech, yeah. you'll notice that um, not everybody has left. There's a oh. couple of people standing around, and uh, they, what's in the box? They begin to ask. Oh, oh, nothing. Just, uh, you know, it's, it's a little stone to remember, uh, to, to remind us to stay humble. You know, I like to carry around reminders of um, how simple it. life can be. Um I don't think they, they have magic powers, right? There's just some dude at the bar. <laughs> I think you just have to believe in it. You know, just like your fucking faith. cleric, you he says as he walks off. <laughs> that the stone is in there. <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to wait for everyone to like eat with us if they wanted to. And once they scattered, I will do my speech. Yeah, I mean, they, they look at all the stuff that you're doing, but then you're not going to show them the thing that's in the box, and they're all, like, interested. But when it becomes clear that this is, like, a cleric-only thing, that only sacred clerics get to look at, they uh, walk off in frustration. <laughs> all right. right. Then I guess I, I will, like, say my... I, I will not speak very loudly, but I, I, I will happily say, Dear brothers, I am thankful... And I actually take out a little paper because I wrote this speech because I, I knew it would happen. I knew we would get to stone. I knew this moment sitting at this table would be occurring today. Uh, so dear brothers, I am thankful. Take out the paper. I'm thankful because today marks the first step of a sacred mission to save the world from the unholy undead. As a vessel of the great observer Illumis, I have observed that all of you are the greatest clerics for this grand mission. Your skills, your experience, your unshakable faith in your gods will certainly be needed to succeed. Thanks to a, named, a man named Grimes, although he didn't seem reliable, he pulled through. I knew he would. I wrote it on this paper. Um, I knew he would pull through because he reported to Knight Kel William, who is definitely somebody we can trust. We retrieved the, an object of incredible power, the a miracle in itself. It is proof that the gods are with us and that our destiny is to go on this quest together. We must go to the holiest place we know, the Pyramid of Heatstroke, to complete the sacred ritual, to amplify the pure holy energy. And then I kind of cannot contain myself and I get the, the pure holy energy of the sunlight and achieve our purpose. How lucky are we to be the chosen ones? I cannot wait to go on this journey with you and rid the world of the undead. I sit back down. 
I am here. Yeah. Well. Marvelous. That was marvelous, I say. I cast Blessed Watchfulness on myself. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what is that? What does it do? Yeah. Uh, there's no obvious effects, but um, since you are clerics, you should know that Blessed Watchfulness basically makes you watch better. Uh, I'm I'm noticing that this is going on with more pomp and circumstance than I would have personally liked, so I'm just watching <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now that we've got the niceties aside, every great adventure should start with a drink and a toast. I'll uh, raise a, a mug of ale and say, um, to the future of Aridon and the destruction of the undead. Ah, exactly the words I like to hear. I like cling my glass against his. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. I sit back down and I turn to uh, the sister and say, I appreciate you're excited, but I know this place well. It's a hive of villainy and disrepute. You should be more careful about brandishing the things you own here and trusting the folk that live in these cities and streets. Mm. Good to know. From where I'm from, everybody is to be trusted, really. I've never been disappointed in the trust I put in someone. Honestly, I was about to show this stone, but then I could see your look. And yes. I thought, hmm, <clears throat> he's giving me the eyes that say, don't do this. <laughs> I wouldn't like to think how many men and women have died in pursuit of that object. Well, your wisdom will sure be useful. I will always take your feedback. Thank you so much for telling me. I'm extremely thankful for your contribution today. It's already a great start. Yes. Wow, Helen, where is it that you come from that you're able to still maintain such cheer? Oh, it's it's from the lands of the Longborn family. They are Mm. such great people. They've raised me good and well. And, you know, I have not been sequestered at all in this little castle in Domain basically my whole life. Or have I? <laughs> I spent a long time there, and everybody there is quite great uh, until the undead kind of arrived and ruined everything. But you know, I, I still hold dear those memories from my younger self. Okay. Do I personally have knowledge of where that is? Yeah. If we look at the world map, um, so Stromheim is down. Here we go. Stromheim's down over here. Um, you guys are now over here in High Castle. The pyramid you want to go to is over here in Heat Stroke. And she is from this island, way up here. This little, tiny, mountainous, rugged island. Hmm. Also, how concerning. I didn't know that undead could swim. It is a great mystery how they reached our area. You are correct. I even believe, based on how scattered it now is, that, uh, yeah, the problem has, you know, exited the land we are on here and reached my island. Maybe maybe the necromancer is to blame. Uh, but it is a great question to ask ourselves. Another great question would be, mm-hmm. how did it even start? What's go- you know, why was it not this way before? And what triggered this amplification of the undead? And uh, 
Bert here has come up with an excellent point. Undead not only can't swim, but flowing running water is one of their greatest weaknesses. If you, uh, you know, toss a regular old undead skeleton into a river, it'll break up the skeleton and kill them. Even a zombie swept down a river will be destroyed by it. A lot of undead uh, would be... They, they couldn't cross an ocean or a sea or a strait. They might be able to wade across an, a small creek or river, uh, but certainly this is an impossible thing for them to cross on their own. They must have had help from somebody else. Hmm. Uh, I'll say the undead were always here. They were just biding their time. When the strength of Eridon crumbled, the necromancers hidden away in the woods and the forests emerged with their hordes of undead and zombies. I suspect this Maltifer Winter of yours on Gadia is just a different necromancer than the one that plagues these lands. We should think of a plan. We need to travel to the northeast. Uh, this will take us across the Tam River through the Thistle Forest, perhaps along the River Crooks directly into Fortune. Although that may be ill-advised. The necromancer, I think, resides there. You have such knowledge of the lands. I'm incredibly thankful to have you on this party. I admit I have not traveled here this much. Uh, so I will trust your judgment on the paths to choose. You are there for appointment. Wisdom. You're there for appointed our navigator, <laughs> our holy navigator. <laughs> Amazing, lovely. <laughs> Speaking of these things, does anyone have any ideas? It doesn't have to be the full ritual, but any parts of this great ritual that you will need to, to change the skies? I was thinking maybe a bunch of... Um like mirrored surfaces on hinges and we could angle them all so they reflect the sun's light into a crystal of some sort sort of mm. like uh maybe maybe into the philosopher's stone like oh. uh funnels the sun's light into the philosopher's stone maybe we could do something with create water to have like a waterfall flow down from like the center the top of the pyramid like down the sides of it to simulate the the running water that's the weakness of the undead oh i love what oh. you're thinking I was also thinking of mirrors to reflect the sunlight, but I love the addition of the water. I was mm -hmm. also thinking of something to magnify, you know, like a magnifying glass or lens. Yeah, 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 lens, something. yeah. Something, yeah, something like that as well. What about you, fellow brothers? Do you have any ideas how we could complete this holy ritual? Kind of like the mirror idea. Yeah, uh, of course, all clerics are blessed with the ability to turn undead. So perhaps we should focus those efforts on this um, stone, which amplifies our abilities, from what I've heard. Maybe as we go on our adventures, we should identify more weaknesses uh, of the undead. Uh, you know, the water, the, the sunlight, amplifying things. Uh, I bet we'll find more weaknesses as we go. Hmm. Um, those... But we should keep an eye for the the glass, the a source of waterfalls. <laughs> mm -hmm. The mirrors are things that you can buy in any major town. 
Um, some of the smaller podunk towns, probably not so much. Mirrors in this time and age are just like pieces of polished metal. So either like brass or silver usually that have been like really, really, really finely polished to reflect light properly. Uh, but that does mean that they're actually kind of heavy because they're like big chunks of metal. So you could get like a small mirror like this, or you could get like a tall standing mirror and that'd change the weight and change the costs. Uh, but they're they're going to be big and heavy and on the more pricey side. I'm sure you can solve that problem um, as it comes up, but make sure you, you bring these with you if you need. Um, great. Well, with our, our first discussion about rituals and components underway, uh, what is your first step here in this tavern? Well, I'm wondering, do, do, ha, you know, we could get a boat and sail to Weatherlight and then walk to Heatstroke, but maybe we'd miss out on the journey. Perhaps the answers to our conundrum here will present themselves as we journey across the lands to Heatstroke. So maybe we should go on foot through the Thistle Forest, meet up the River Crooks, follow it north past Fortune, and follow it all, and then follow uh, it all the way to Heatstroke. Neil, what do we know about them crossing the river? Is that a journey that people have been doing lately at all or is it very dangerous or do we need to seek out information from someone the river crux has a few crossing points um, copper hill is one of the major ones right here and there is another bridge across it somewhere in the middle there used to be more bridges but in recent years many of them have been destroyed you've heard that at least one of the bridges is still open but you're not sure exactly where along the river crux is sort of like a especially up here in this area, is a bit of a canyon. So it's like a pretty steep drop down and then a river and then a pretty steep rise on the other side. It's possible that you could scale the, the cliff sides, but failure of scaling the cliff sides might mean certain doom. Yeah, no, fuck that. Um, so I'm from Copper Hill. <laughs> Language, yeah. please. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And uh, I can tell you that even though I, I prefer chaotic and turbulent times, uh, our town was so overrun uh, with with demons and undead that we we should find a different path. Yes, is that the same fate you found there in Fortune? <clears throat> is that how you know about the undead there? <clears throat> I believe that Fortune is this. Neil, tell me if I wouldn't know this, but if, if Vicious is siege Stromheim, it's known that he's the necromancer in charge of the undead in Fortune, right? Mm-hmm. And he also yeah, sieged um... Meadstead and Tharnum. The, the Duke of Fortune uh, disguised himself as a man, but has been living eternally for centuries. A necromancer. Uh, his name is Vicious, and he led an army of the undead through and over Copper Hill and destroyed Stromheim. If we were to... We will need to pass Fortune, but we should not step foot on its stones. We should avoid it at all costs. Do any of you know... Do any of you, or myself, uh, know the status of these other towns on the map, Weatherlight and Plainsview? And Heatstroke itself. I think Weatherlight's probably okay. Mm -hmm. You would all know that Plainsview has been destroyed. Um, Heatstroke has been overrun by demons, and then I think the, the demons seem to have just dissipated and disappeared. Uh, no one's really heard much about it since then, but there are no people left in these towns. These towns are completely abandoned. And generally, um, you know, anything south of this line, anything down here is, is ruined and useless. Uh, most of them are abandoned, some of them are burned. 
the whole south of this this um, landmass is gone. We could travel north, following the Tam River, uh, pass through the ruins of Meadstead. Perhaps there we can find someone dead to study. <clears throat> um, once we reach the Hemdorcus Hills, Neil, this mm -hmm. is the home of the dwarves. Perhaps I could find us passage through the hills, mm. um, come out the other side, travel along the coast to Weatherlight, buy our final provisions, and then follow the coast down to Heatstroke from there. This would avoid fortune. Mm. Give me... You've lived in um, High Castle your whole life, right, Mr. Dwarf? I think most of it. Um, <clears throat> maybe his family moved to High Castle when he was a young, only a wee dwarf. Uh, and then his parents died or something and he just found himself there. So I think he was probably born in the Dwarven lands, but spent most of his life in High Castle. Yeah, well, you give me... Uh, I see you have a local history proficiency. Would you give me a local history proficiency check? 31, oh Neil. Natural 20. That's it. All right. We're, so what you know going. is that once upon a time ages ago, there were supposed to be tunnels that connected Tharnam, Keldram, and Milfeldur. Um, no one really knows what happened to them. They were lost a long time ago. Uh, however, you also know that in the, in the most recent years when the undead sieged Tharnam, that the dwarves there, guided by some clerics, have redoubled their efforts to break away from the rest of the world. When the kingdom of Eridon fell, the dwarves decided to proclaim this northern area a kingdom unto its own. And so they have been working very hard to um, establish a solid dwarven presence. And with their short legs and their, their slow walking speeds, traveling over hills is really not their the preferred method. Um, it is possible that they have rediscovered those passages or rebuilt new passages. Um, certainly they have been working to find a way to connect these towns and travel safely between them, especially Tharnam. These other ones, in theory, you can go by boat. Um, Tharnam, though, is sort of landlocked. There are goat trails mm -hmm. that lead these places. But they've been looking, searching for other ways. Well, seems there I'm are many the paths we could take. I think I think going north is uh, is our best bet, at least to start. I wasn't expecting to agree with you, cleric of Malchus. Yes, well, you know, the the humans usually are my my top priority, but when you make sense, you make sense. <laughs> yes, Malchus and his love for humans. <laughs> <laughs> the rivers of blood stain the lands of Eridon, and Malchus's hands are soaked. <laughs> you can laugh. <laughs> I, I'm confused. <laughs> yes. Well. <laughs> All right. Out of the tavern we go, setting out into the city proper. Uh, the area out here is... Well, we're sort of in a slummy part of town. You know, it's not um, it's not a great area. There's a lot of refuse, you know, trash and debris. People just throw their, their chamber pots out into the streets and wait for it to rain and wash everything away. Um, there's a, you know, all of these towns being overrun. There's a lot of refugees lying around. There's some people who have possibly died or been killed in the night and no one's there to dispose of their bodies. So occasionally there's like a corpse just like laying there until someone decides to do something about it um, but also 
Society does continue. There are bustling shops with bodyguards out front, making sure that like no one's stealing wicker baskets or anything like that. Everyone is finding an opportunity for employment in some way or another. If you can stand there and look menacing, you can find a job. Um, so into the dark and sketchy streets of High Castle we go. As you make your way towards the exit, um, you know, walking through the, the, the narrow boulevards, you'll see that the people in front of you have um, parted ways a little bit, and there's some suspicious glances straight in front of you. Across one of these um, four-way intersections are a group of armed thugs, brigands, thieves. You can tell that they are these sort of roguish characters, not only because their weapons are already drawn, but because they are looking in your direction. They don't seem to have any armor. Armor is expensive in these days and age, but they are carrying a variety of short swords and rapiers and you know mixed up um, miscellaneous things that they probably picked up off of the dead. Um, and there they stand, <clears throat> these three people, as others folks like scatter out of the way. And one of them levels a sword in your direction and says, Clerics, I hear you've got an interesting prize in that box. Why don't you hand it over? We can all be on our way. Does uh, Bert's watchfulness like tell us anything extra about what's going on? His watchfulness prevents him from being surprised rather than giving additional information, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's okay, pretty great. much right. Yeah. No one should be surprised by this. Yeah. I will saw later. Are you certain you want to challenge the servants of the gods themselves uh, just to get the puny rock? You know, this is this is just a reminder of our daily smallness in the face of the gods. I, I like to carry a, just a little reminder. Also, exposing your your skin to the sun constantly is another way to remind yourself of how great the powers of the gods are. Are you certain you want to face that? Be a little bit closer. <laughs> what do you mean it's just rock? <clears throat> Honestly, it's not even worth much. You said the blessing and I choked on a freaking chicken bone while we were having dinner. It's not even worth anything, if you ask me. Then you don't mind giving it up, right? <clears throat> yeah. Is it just, I mean, do we mine. just see three of them? That's a, a great question there, Bert. Um, why don't you roll me a perception check? That'll be under the basic tab of your character sheet. Okay. Uh, um, the big PCP button on the lower left. PCP. Great. I first try to see if there's only three of them before basically yeah. going to my there, threat. It's not only three. You start to glance around and you'll see that behind you there are another two. Okay. Uh, I just speak um, I speak forward. Uh, I, I look forward straight to the uh, speaker there and say, did you know that we clerics have waded through hundreds of undead? Uh, imagine you living such a fruitful life as the living and wanting to take on us. Uh, I brandish my warhammer and I'm saying, you should get out while you're still... You should get out and we'll forget this. Hmm. Well, let's take a quick moment and talk about your gear. Everyone here has some sort of armor. Um, 
Mr. Helen's wearing leather armor. Uh, names are so small. Getting them. Uh, here we go. Um, Kerberos is wearing mixed chain and leather. You also have a shield, mm -hmm. but you're probably not. Are you carrying your shield as you walk through the streets? Is it, you know, attached to your back? It, are you? It's what's... strapped to Bonnie. Oh, to your mule. Yes. Oh, let's get a mule for us here. Um, what about our next player, um, Cornelius? You also are, you've got chain mail. You're the strongest of the bunch here. You've got like 17 mm -hmm. strength. Um, yeah, I think I'm ass. kind of the tank. The tank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got a big ass footman's mace with you. Um, do you carry your shield like ready for combat <laughs> at all times? Or are you more like you keep your shield tucked away until you're prepared for battle? I'm going to say, yeah, ready for combat at all. I didn't even... <laughs> <laughs> that's very convenient. Um, yeah, it's just that's just how I roll, you know. Makes sense. And uh, Berthold, are you also always ready for combat, or are you like um, you know, keep your shield tucked away until you expect a battle? I'm certainly not always ready, but um, since I was, since we have like a super powerful artifact, I have mm -hmm. been ready since the tavern. Excellent. Um, Nick, how much HP does your mule have? Sadly, he's not the sturdiest of mules, and I could maybe do with replacing him. But you know, old me and Barney—we've been through a lot together. You know, it's a sentimental attachment. He's got seven HP. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, the speech has been given. The rogues do look a little bit concerned to see so many people in armor. Two of them with like shields already out some war hammers and maces and hands and uh the third one the one in the back who's been talking says <clears throat> if it's just a dumb rock you wouldn't mind showing me then hmm i i pick up a rock from the ground and i'm like just like this one my child <laughs> then why don't we trade your rock in the box for that rock on the ground hmm, i do not negotiate uh with strangers asking for belongings from the church. Yeah, kicks the guy in front of him, mm. says... It's usually the other way around, where there are donations, you know, for the gods. If you want, you could add something, uh, and I will happily carry it as a reminder of your great generosity and faith in the gods. He uh, bends down, picks up a, a loose stone, hands it to the guy in front of him, gives him a little bit of kick, and says, Darius... Why don't you go trade rocks with them? And Darius begins to step forward and walk across the now abandoned <clears> street. <throat> I'd say I'd take a step forward. Uh, this farce has gone on long enough. Unless you want to go and meet Falumbra right now, you should turn around and leave this place. You will not glimpse what's in our box. Mm, give them a little morale check. Our bunch of well-armed clerics. Oh, these guys, these rogues run this town, or so they think. Darius steps forward, and I think this person right here is Cornelius. And uh, he reaches out to hand Cornelius this you know, stone from the ground and says, Here, well, I'll trade this for whatever's in your box. What do you truly want? It is not your curiosity that needs to, to be satisfied. You must need something else. Are you hungry? Uh, Are you sad? He what burdens over. you? I like put my hand on his shoulder. 
So you step forward past the others and put a hand on his shoulder. And I ask him with burdens you, how can I really help you? Uh, I don't know. My boss didn't train me for this line of questioning. I I think I'm supposed to just give you this rock. Well, I will happily hold on to it for you and remember your your, your generous contribution. Thank you. I, I pick up the rock and put it in my pocket. Yeah, he heads back the other way and uh, goes to talk to his boss. You can hear <laughs> after a few moments the boss be like, you idiot! Fucking... And yeah, the boss puts his fingers in his mouth and lets out a whistle and stepping out from around corners elsewhere in the, the village are some more of these roguish-like figures that come forward. They were hoping, obviously, you can tell now as they step forward, they were hoping to catch you in the pincer in the middle of this where they could surround you on all sides, but you're not budging and screwing with poor Darius here has foiled their ambush. We'll come back on the other side of our first break with what is definitely going to be a battle. These rogues are not going to be turned away. They're far too curious about this item that has brought four clerics of completely different faiths together for this, or no, this mysterious box. We'll catch you all on the other side of a break. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our game. Before our combat begins, we need to talk about our spells. Each of our clerics have many spells that they can cast, but we haven't had an opportunity to go through and take a look at our spell lists. Um, We're doing something a little bit different from our normal 2E campaign. I've assigned specific spells to each character based on their, their god's ethos and their god's domains. It's a very different spell list than we've seen in the past. So there's a little bit of overlap, but each person more or less has spells that are unique to them. Um, so let's start with, uh, Kerberos. What do you have yes. for spells today? What do I have memorized? I have yeah. one animal friendship, two cure light wounds, a detect magic that I already cast, uh, a cause fear. And then mm-hmm. for second level, I've got two cure moderate wounds, one dust devil, one hold person, one speak with animals. Mm-hmm. And then for third level, I've got summon animal spirit. And you get a lot more spells per day that you can cast because of your exceptionally high wisdom and willpower True. that you can see is what, yes. 16 for you. So mm-hmm. you get extra spells that um, everyone else, I think, is at 331 or 541 or uh, 441, something like that. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, Let's, and I'm um, at 551. Yeah. Right. Helen, what spells do you have prepared for today? Mm, that was yeah. my question. <laughs> yeah, I haven't figured it out. I know I can. First, if you want to stall, yeah, yeah go that's... for it. Start. Take some time. I will pick some. Bert Holt. Okay. Um, I almost considered picking no time, uh, which is really quite bad. But I looked at every other choice, and I was like, you know, no time is not that bad. Uh, but. I decided to choose no second level spell slots. It seems like you've given me all terrible spells. Uh, so they have been moved to the first level spells. I've got one bless, one blessed watchfulness, which I cast, one command, one detect magic, one light, one remove fear, one sacred guardian. And then my third level spell of choice, I almost considered the third level spell, which gives one advantage roll to somebody. But instead, I chose memory read. 
no, he's been giving me so much shit for the spell No Time. And it's a bad spell, but you're the cleric of fate and time. You have to know No Time. No, that is a great choice. I And I think throughout the camp, I, I, I'd like you to weave in one single instance where it'll be used, and that'll be awesome. <laughs> I'll try my best. Okay. Maybe some sort of timing attack where the two of, two people have to do things at the, you the know, precise moment. I was moment. thinking that no time would actually be extremely useful in battles uh, of grand scale. We could, uh, when we do the ritual, we could do it when the sun is at the highest point in the sky and we can use no time oh, to... Oh, my God. Thank you, Nick. I really yeah. appreciate that. Um, Bert Holt, did you pick remove fear or cause fear? Oh, I thought if you um, picked remove fear, it counted as cause fear. Is that uh, not the case? You have to you have to choose which version when you can, when you memorize the spell. Okay, it is cause fear. Cause fear, excellent. All right. Uh, next up is going to be Cornelius. What spells did you pick today? Okay, so help me out and tell me like what are the parameters for what I can pick. Because I, yeah. Right. There's going to be um, three from the first list, three from the second list, and one from the third list. I think I DM'd you some recommendations. When you say... Okay. So, like, when you say the list, ah. you sent me like a big list of spells, and they're. Yeah. Um, open one, your, two, and three. your character sheet on roll 20. And in okay. there, um, it's already opened to a page where there are there's a list on the left, a list on mm. the right, and a list on the bottom. You can see they're labeled first, second, and third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see it. Yeah. So tell me again. Um, three from it's... the first list, three from the second, and one from the third. And in your Discord DMs, you'll have um, a recommended recommended spell list. Uh, and okay. while you you peruse those, we're gonna go back to Helen and see okay. what Helen has chosen for her spells for today. Yeah, I'm gonna be fine. All right. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, cool, I got it. All right. Uh, so I conveniently had memorized and prepared uh, the following five spells uh, mm -hmm. for level one. I have Fairy Fire, Light. It's nighttime, right? Uh, it's like daytime now, but it can oh, be it's daytime. It's okay. Uh, it, it, so Fairy Fire, Light, mm -hmm. uh, Remove Fear, <laughs> in case somebody gets caused fear. We mm -hmm. didn't want everybody to panic. Mm -hmm. uh, somehow Sister Helen <laughs> got this under control. Mm -hmm. uh, sun Scorch mm -hmm. and Wind Column. Mm -hmm. uh, second level spells, I got Flame Blade, Heat Metal, Obscurement, and Zone of Truth. And mm -hmm. finally, uh, level three spell sets. I really didn't have any good uh, combat spell in there. I went for a locate object just in case we lose the box. <laughs> That's a great That's a idea. really good spell. Uh, you know, I, I feel like this might come in handy. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. All right. Last but not least, uh, Cornelius. Have you... Okay. Um, these aren't going to be the best because I haven't, like, read through and know mm -hmm. what all of these do, but... Hey, you're uh, Cleric of Chaos, man. Gonna... Yeah. So we're just going to pick. Just do it randomly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for my first little spells, I have Command, Cure Light Wounds, and Battle Fate. Nice. Uh, for second level, I have Chaos Ward, Cure Moderate Wounds, and Enthrall. Mm -hmm. And my third, I have Random Causality. Ooh. Oh, nice. Whatever nice. that is. It sounds awesome. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's... <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it is, but it sounds chaotic, so... <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, then. Um... <clears throat> 
our our rogues over here have whistled for reinforcements. Reinforcements are beginning to show up, and so it is time to hop into combat. This is second edition AD&D revised, and so for combat, uh, we all roll a 10-sided die, a 1d10, and then we add to that a number based on our actions. So if you're going to fight, you're going to add to that the, the speed of your weapon. If you're going to cast a spell, you'll add to that the speed of your spell. And the lowest number is the best number. You want to be as um, close to zero as possible. Um, I'm going to start rolling initiative for our monsters. And so it, it, our... Good, good thing for people to be aware of here. If you get damaged before your initiative and you're casting a spell, you lose your whole turn. So, like, if you're on the front lines and you think you're going to get hit, just, you know, be careful. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I do have one question just before we announce initiatives and spells. Uh, mm -hmm. Does Fairy Fire still work when it's daylight or is it only at nighttime? That's a great question. I think I'll have to reread Fairy Fire. Is casting time one? Is that like instant? Uh, it's fast, but not fully instant. It's um, it's the fastest that your spell can go. Okay. Ryan, oh, are you no, the guy I... with the hammer? Uh, in the middle, next to next to me. Oh, oh, on the yes. yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Yes. Can you can you defend me so I can cast a spell without risk of getting hit? Oh uh, yeah, sure. We allowed to like combat strategize. Absolutely. I mean, I think. I I can just shout, you know, like uh, <laughs> Cornelius, defend my rear. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> Gladly. Uh, uh, okay, I, I got my own answer. You know, I, I figured it out. I reread the spell a third time, and somehow the third time it, it worked. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. That's a good point, Nick, about the spell casting mm -hmm. uh, and interruption. Now I'm uh, questioning my life decisions. <laughs> uh, Who's at the front? Is there somebody else covering us or just one person? Should we do two casts to defend? I think so. I think me and you should cast and you so you should should defend. Yeah, I got personally. pretty terrible armor anyway. <laughs> okay, then I'm gonna cast something. Excellent. So it sounds like Cornelius is gonna be defending. It sounds like uh, Kerberos and Helen are going to be casting and Berthold? Well, ho hold on. So how do you see when your turn... Do we see our turn orders before we make our decision? No, uh, no you make your no. decision, then we roll for turn order. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm sure. Okay, then. Okay. <laughs> okay. I will be using my Warhammer this turn. <clears throat> so yeah ryan if you want to use your weapon what you want to do is select your token then go to the combat tab in your character sheet and hopefully you'll have a weapon set up there and if you as long as you've got your token clicked and you click the initiative dice next to the weapon you want to use it should do it automatically and add you into the turn tracker oh, that's cool i did not uh, select my character do you want me to roll again or do you want to well, set no it? you can just add it manually go to combat Mm-hmm. And then hopefully Neil set your weapons up. I don't know if he has. I think I did. Okay, great. So I should press like the melee button right now? Uh, no, the initiative button. It's like a little dice, like a die. purple dice. Yeah. There you go. Yes, there you go. 
we need to change your token name. You are not Malchus, you are Cornelius. We have rolled poorly on initiative. Cornelius. That'd be good. We wanted them to come up here. Yeah, but they're going to get a chance to attack me before. Hmm. And Jen, did you roll for initiative? You did. Oh, you rolled real bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't help but roll high. <laughs> mm-hmm. The peanut gallery commentary that you guys actually got what sound like useful spells. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited about my spell. If I can cast it, I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I might prepare all no time this spike Neil tomorrow. Uh... This is revenge for the monk and the, the stun everything monk. This is the, the long wow. vengeance. Uh, the first character, this is uh, Darius, the other guy who had been just humiliated a moment ago. He gets the kick in his butt from his commander and comes right for, uh, for Sister Helen, brandishing his short sword, and he swings it in your, or thrusts it in your direction with a, a thrust for your gut. Uh, oh, and I guess your spell. Oh, that's a 14. great start, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he quickly and easily penetrates your leather armor and sticks you with his sword for four points of damage. Your heat metal spell is quickly interrupted. You lose focus on it, fail to cast it. Please record three points of damage on your character sheet or right. on your token. If you just click it, there's a. Four damage right now, not three. Four, yes. There's a green circle that you can just put minus four in. Rules question, does that consume the spell slot? It does, yes. yes. Holy cow. Yes, spellcasters are very powerful, but also very um, weakened. Vulnerable. Vulnerable, that's the word I'm looking for. Oh god, you guys did roll like crap. Uh, Our second bandit will come forward and make a charging, rushing attack at Bertolt. Um, and he will do the same thing. 1d20 with a, a 9 on the attack. His short sword will skewer into your armor and slide off to the side, clattering against the building next to you. Um, the other bandits crowd forward, but they can only fit so many at a time. They can't really surround you. That's why they wanted to get you in this like flanking middle position. What does happen, though, since you're all literally going last, every bandit goes before the party, um, is the the last two people at the back will come forward. One of them sliding beside the mule, the other coming up next to the mule to attack uh, Cornelius over Mm -hmm. here with a 1d20 to hit. It's a natural 20. He stabs you from behind Cornelius. It's a Wait, I was blow. turned around to defend the back, right? So I feel uh, like it's not from behind, right? Yeah, he okay. can turn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I didn't realize you had turned to, to face them. So it's just yeah. a, a regular hit then. It's not a critical hit, and he will stab you for 1d6 damage, two points of damage to Cornelius. The other rogue, <clears throat> he sees this mule's in the way. What, what did you name the mule again? Barney. Barney. And our bandit over here is oh, going wait. to. I didn't roll initiative. I didn't roll initiative for Barney. Can well, you? Barney's not in the fight. He's just, he's just chilling, right? I mean, Barney's involved in the fight. I mean, he's he, not, he's he can be killed. He can, he can move. <laughs> is he yeah. a war mule? Does he know how to fight? <laughs> yeah. Why do you think? Why do you think he's positioned he, his back legs to the enemy? He's ready to right. kick. All right. Roll me initiative for Barney. Uh, 
Yeah. He's a medium or a large creature? Uh, I'm not sure. I'll roll four as a compromise. It's a level five 11. mule. Barney be kicking. <laughs> he's, he's kicking. All right, don't fuck with Barney. He's been through some stuff, trust me. <laughs> he has a better initiative than all of us. He yeah. knew. He could feel it. <laughs> he is medium, so that should actually be a 10 on his initiative. Nice. Uh, so Barney will go before this last guy comes up. Yeah. So as this other person is approaching. Kaboom. Right in the fucking chops. How does Barney just... know to attack this person? <laughs> Explain it, it to it's me. It's in. It's instinct, Neil. You come up behind a horse, it's going to kick they, you in the face. That's they like have day a deep, one horse riding. Deep connection. Deep yeah, that's true. Well, actually, that's a good point. I have animal friendship, and I've had Barney for a long time. And the spell says that I can teach him up to three tricks. I see. And one of those one of those tricks is I give him a command in Dwarven, and he kicks his back legs. <laughs> well, so Barney, that's... go ahead. I think uh, Barney kicks with two attacks, right? Uh, I'm just checking horses, uh, mules. Yeah, two attacks. One or two. I think one's a bite and one's a kick, is it? Yeah. You have reinforced horseshoes, right? Double damage? Uh, uh, they kick doesn't... at plus three, actually. And um, plus three to hit, and they do D2 damage per kick. That was two kicks? Mm-hmm. D20 plus three. He's better than all of us. Uh, oh, no, he's not. <laughs> all right. Um, our last bandit will come up and is going to attempt a unproficient animal handling check. So this at minus, this at disadvantage. I'm going to roll it twice. <laughs> Natural one on the first one. Doesn't matter. He tries to get Barney to like come with him and lead him away, but instead only agitates the mule into utter anger at this this man who dares intervene, uh, leaving us with Berthold, who's the first one of our party to go. Great, I uh, swing my warhammer on that Kapow. bandit and Kapow, as you said. Uh, the warhammer goes wide, whoosh, the bandit ducks oh. underneath it, um, takes a, a bit of a defensive stance and taunts you. Is that the best you've got? You better give up the stone now or we're gonna take it from you. Cornelius. Yep. So, uh, and um, in the meantime, I attempt to slide towards the middle of the alleyway as well. Mm-hmm. Pick up that. Be there position. when she inevitably backs up. Gotcha. As I'm uh, defending, I can still like attack the guy next to me. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Great. Then I. So. I will swing my mace at the. Uh, well, let me ask you a question. So if I if I try to cast a spell like right now, can I cast a spell right now or do I have to use the weapon? You have to use the weapon. Yeah, at the beginning okay, of the round, to. you decide if you're going to cast a spell or use an attack. Got it. Okay, got it. And then if I do decide to cast a spell, if it's mm -hmm. like speed one, mm -hmm. how does that determine if I get... And like, how do I? Right. So you would roll a, a d10 plus one, and if that number mm -hmm. is lower than your enemy, you cast before your enemy, and if it's higher, then they get to act before your spell goes off. So I'm like rolling lower dice, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. On initiative, low is good. Okay. All right. Well, I will um, attack the close one with my mace. Great. That's the uh, ATK button on your character sheet next to mace, and 13 is a hit. 
Our right. mace swings right into the guy's chest for four points of damage, knocking him down to half health right away. His eyes sort of stutter. He blinks twice and with his free hand clutches the spreading bruise and the like cracking of the cartilage in his rib cage, <clears throat> leaving us with Kerberos. You muted. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, just checking my spell components. Okay, I withdraw a very straight piece of iron from my satchel and sort of holding it aloft above my head, I brandish it towards the group of soldiers in front of my friends here at the front, uh, the, the big group of like five there, mm-hmm. and we'll cast Hold Person. On this um, group of five up here. All right. Hold yep. person affects 1d4 enemies, so roll it. Big money. Okay, three. Nice. I will make three saving throws for them. Uh, and it is one, two, three. One of them will succeed, and two others will be held. I'm going to mark them with uh, some yellow dots that you know they are held. Nice. They are frozen uh, in place. Mm-hmm. And then I take a step forward to the in-between section here. Right. Uh, last but not least is uh, Helen. Can I actually do anything since I was interrupted in my spell casting? Your spell was interrupted, so your action is basically gone. You could move away. Normally, if you back up, you would provoke an attack of opportunity, but mm-hmm. right now, the people in front of you have been held by this spell. Mm. They are frozen completely in place. They cannot mm. strike you, and this guy is across too much of a weird yeah. um, house. So I can move things. at the very least. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will definitely take a, a convenient step back. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nick, you gonna move to the side so the two of you can occupy that middle space, or? Yep, that's there fine. Yep. Perfect. Okay. All right, our party right. circles up like this. Um, it's the next round, so we're going to roll an initiative again. Um, so you'll decide on your action, declare it for the group, and then you'll roll the die and the modifier equivalent to what you want to do this round. Um, so let's just start with... Uh, Let's start with Kerberos. What are you going to do this round, Kerberos? I'm going to cast Summon Animal Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the spell what's speed initiative? on that one? Uh, the six. speed is six, yeah. I Excellent. get a seven, so the initiative is 13. Excellent. And Bertholdt, what are you going to do this round? I'll be bringing down the hammer. Excellent. Uh, Cornelius, what's your plan? Same. Hammer time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, and last but not least, Helen, what is your plan? I will attempt to cast light very fast. Ooh. <laughs> I'll add these for the enemies. Um, 5, 7, 11, 9, 10, 10, 13. Excellent. Oh, and uh, would you also please, Nick, roll for... Is, is it Barney? I've already forgotten his name. Barney, yes. Can you give me control of the token so I can... Yes. Which I guess it doesn't matter. So. There you go. There's Barney. He doesn't have a carriage sheet anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. He gets an eye. I'll, I'll add him in if I can. Well, I can't. You have to do that. I got him already. Okay. Um, so our first bandits will go. This guy gets a, decides to, you know, there is too much battle happening. So he's going to go over here and hold the street, make sure no one else comes in to harass. 
Uh, this guy right here is the next one up, and he's going to try and grab his friend and pull him back to safety because this is not really like he, this guy's in the way. So he just hooks his arms underneath him and drags him back like this. Um, and then he'll take up a position over here. Not quite engaging with the, the big scary fighter, but like getting in the way so the scary fighter can't go anywhere. Uh, same thing with this. Oh, I'm number eight. Uh, I forgot to click. Oh, ooh. then let's move you over here. Uh, you are up next. Okay, uh, since that's the poor guy in range, I... Wait, swing. don't I cast my light at five? I'm yes. sorry, you're... Yes, but didn't update on your character sheet. I am on huh. the, the initiative order. Well, that's yeah. right. We need to remember to click our characters. Yeah. Our bad. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Hello. Okay, okay. Who, okay, I will do it next Upon time. whom are you casting light? Uh, the leader of the group, please. Ah, uh, this guy back here. Yeah, so light Yeah, he is, hasn't um, been so kind. He's mm -hmm. kind of obsessed by my rocks, so he's mm -hmm. gonna have to back out those of you not yeah. in the know, light creates light, but if you center the spell on mm. the visual organs of a person, yeah. you blind them. Uh, you know, you know what I want to do, <laughs> Neil. You know me. Yeah, yeah that was he the makes plan. a save and will fail the save, and ah. light begins to radiate from his eyes, brightly shining in all directions, and he lets out a, a scream as he goes blind. Mm -hmm. I tell him, retreat, or else you will forever be blinded by the light of Illumis. And then I, yeah, I ask him to pull back his men. Right. Bertolt is blind your you. turn. Alright, as I swing the hammer, I'm going to shout out at the top of my lungs. Uh, I cry out for guards! Um, here's... <laughs> uh, you're attacking this guy, right? Yeah, he's, he's... the only one in range. He's held, so you get plus four to that roll, which makes it a 21, um, which will critical the target. So you can roll your nice. damage a second time. <laughs> All right. Uh, wow. Five points of damage brings him to half hit points. And I think in this situation, since he's held and can't manage his weight at all, he also goes tumbling to the ground and falls prone um, on the floor. It's <laughs> a disadvantage for us. All right, perfect. Uh, right, this guy over here. Hmm. His leader is blinded. Two people are held. But you know what? He's got this. This is, this cleric just attacked. If he could just take advantage of this opportunity, he thinks as he steps forward with his short sword, driving it right into your shield, bending the blade. You know, bending the the the, the rapier slightly, and it unfolds as he backs up. Not actually hurting you in the slightest and barney the angry mule who was just well okay listen to me to be fair i feel like now no one's standing behind him he's probably just chilling well this guy did just make an animal handling check to motivate to move him and rolled a natural one on it don't you think that would Good make point. barney mad yeah yeah okay i think he he kicks him and then he's gonna run forward into the sort All of right. relative safety of a square forward but he will make an attack here all right 20 plus 3, 10. D20 plus three, 6. Oh, 10's enough, okay. Ten, yeah, they, these guys aren't armored. Armor's too expensive. Take um, a kick to the face. One point of damage, and then he... <laughs> forward. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this bandit is held, can't do anything. This guy back here that is fighting Cornelius is wounded, um, and these bandits aren't going to fight to the death over a, a box that they don't know what's in it. 
They'll fight. Yeah, They're willing to risk their lives, but at four HP, this guy will take the disengage action, which uh, prevents attacks of opportunity, and he will back the fuck up. He's not going to die for an unknown rock in a box. Uh, leaving us with the leader who is blinded. Um, well, his action was going to be attacking, but now his action is going to be checking morale. And with an atrocious morale check, he will call off the attack. Retreat! My men! To me! And he'll start stumbling backwards, reaching for something until he can find the, the wall on his side and begin to slowly back up, uh, leaving us with Cornelius's turn. You've just heard the cry for retreat. There's this guy. He's near you. You'd have to move forward to get him. Are you interested in hunting down this this would-be brigand, or are you gonna like let him let him do his thing? Uh, no, I'm gonna smack him. Forward goes Cornelius. Okay. The attack roll is a wild miss. The guy's yeah. already on his back foot. He's already getting ready to get the hell out of here as your mace comes down near him, but not on him. Um, this bandit's doing his thing. Kerberos is next. Yeah, I'm gonna cast Summon Animal Spirit. And I think I'm going to cast it somewhere about here. Don't know if it gets to act this turn. Uh, it takes the form of a ghostly wolf. Hmm. A ghostly wolf. Um, and yes. tell us about this animal spirit. Uh, it has, I think, two sex, two sex. Uh, some decent combat stats. It's got 24 movement, 16 AC, plus 5 to hit, does 2d4 like, damage. Does it, oh. you know, is, does it follow your commands? What does it look like? The the lore behind the ghost wolf. What What is this thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so it's a minor spirit or entity. Uh, I control it with my mental commands. It can mm -hmm. attack enemies. It can perform any other tasks that it could reasonably accomplish. <coughs> uh, it's incorporeal. Can't pick things up. Um, can't be hurt by non-magical weapons. Oh my god, uh, really? Yep, and it's got 16 HP. No, 15 HP. OP. That's like super OP. <laughs> really good. Jen, you will remember, Jen, at least I remember, you had a druid and you quite stupidly wandered out of the town at night on your own and got attacked by two displacer beasts. And this spell oh, I almost- I remember like that. This spell I almost saved that, you. Actually. You're right. Save you, I don't think it was, did. I think it was a cleric, but I was like a hippie cleric that loved yeah, nature. Yeah. That was, and was uh, yeah. what character was Jackery. Yeah. Is this a joke? Jackery, <laughs> the one who was uh, drugging his fellow party members with his uh, yeah. drugged up poultices. <laughs> you know, my that, best yeah. third level spells create campsite. <laughs> I have really bad level three spells, to be honest. Like Neil, Neil knew you would get too much value if you had good spells, so he just yeah. he gave you the, the bad <laughs> ones. He gave me the good ones, but I don't know what to do with them. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, your wolf has been summoned. I think um, it will appear this round and can act the following round. Um, yep. And so now there now there's a wolf here. But our bandits have been given the sign to retreat, and retreat they will. Um, this one had already rolled in to attack. He'll retreat next round. So this round, he's going to attack dear Cornelius. 20 with a, a five. It just skims off your armor, goes to the side, does nothing. And you can hear the, the calls for retreat. The bandits are clearly going to fall back. 
If the party wishes to continue engaging in combat, please roll back into initiative. If you want to let them retreat, you need do nothing but hold your hand. Well, we've got at least two prisoners because these guys are held for like an hour. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, oh, we're going to have a conversation with these guys. <laughs> I don't think we necessarily need to kill the others, uh, but Kerberos at the end of his round will go and heft his shield off the side of Barney and sort of get it ready on his hand and like smash his axe against it and mm -hmm. sort of step past him to take this position here. But So I'll attack this guy if he tries to run, I guess, but uh, I'm not going to chase him through the streets. Well, uh, contrary just... to that, I uh, am just going to tell the guy in front of me, you fools, take your people and go. It's not, I mean, you're the, the cleric of fate and time. You don't see their fate as to die here in these streets today? Yes, I also don't see it in our fate to question them at all. I believe we should bring them to the authorities so that they can handle them properly with the system of justice. Oh, sweet sunchild, that is clearly not how it works here. Yeah, Just these, let them go. These bandits all quickly peel off. Um, this one down to the bottom turns to flee, just like turns his back and runs away. If either of you here would like to make a free attack of opportunity against I him will to like knock to make down a, a yeah. fleeing man in the back. Uh, do I get pocket attack <laughs> bonus for that? You do, but you also get like penalty to your you know your, your spirit uh, as a human for not really. not really beating a man in the back as he's beginning to run away from you. Isn't that a a dishonorable deed? I feel like um, on the contrary, yeah. these guys I view as like the weakest swimmers and yeah. so i feel like i would get a you know being a a cleric of malchus i would get a bonus if anything mm -hmm. you gotta like you're you're purging the weaklings from the yeah back. exactly okay. well both of you please make so attacks I also at this guy yeah. at plus two um uh, that's a nine you're gonna miss him with your stubby dwarf legs you just can't quite catch up to him as he bolts away and cornelius will crack him with a 19. pretend that's plus two yeah, okay. yeah 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 uh roll me some damage there cornelius yes um i don't think i entered your weapons right you should have a plus one to damage too so that's gonna be a three on the damage Okay. Your mace like hits him in the hips and he goes tumbling forward, catches himself, and uh, these two will bolt, leaving our party with these two held characters while the rest of the brigands um, scatter. I'm uh, shouting after one of those brigands. Have you no... Um, have you no ties to these? Take your people and go. They leave their people behind. I will walk Weak up here. Swimmers, but, what did I tell you? That's uh, all. These people need to be uh, handed over to the gods. At least these. Ah, that's that's the thinking, uh, fellow uh, cleric of Philumbra. I believe we should just hand them over to their uh, to the authorities. Yes. Here's yes. the well, thing, though. What have we been told about this town? There, there may be laws, but they're unenforceable. Everybody's corrupted in this area. Handing over to the guards, they might be out on the streets tomorrow. What are you saying? I'm Cornelius. saying that they need to be dealt with. Otherwise, mm. somebody, somebody ah. will be in the same situation we're in today. I see what you mean. Then maybe we should have, uh, you know, have some food with them and explain to them why the righteous path <laughs> is with the gods. <laughs> Helen, <laughs> you are seriously lost. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that's not I, what you meant. I walk up to this held person here, Neil. I let him look mm -hmm. at me because he's still he's still aware, right? His eyes are moving. Uh, yeah, you can see that there is like there are, the pupils are expanding and contracting. He's definitely aware of what's happening. Um, I speak to him slowly. I say, "The fate of your life hangs in the balance, my friend. Consider your." Uh, thoughts carefully and I reach into my backpack and I will take out a mirror mm -hmm. and I will hold the mirror up to him so he can stare at himself in the face for a, for a few moments and consider what he's done and I, I will use this opportunity to try and glean what I can about this man's intention does he does his eyes look scared does he look defiant how does he how does he see him mm -hmm. make me a charisma check Yes, sir. Uh, now, when we cast spells, how often do they do we get them back? Uh, in the morning, after a good night's sleep, after you've had like okay. a proper rest. Got it. Uh, with a twenty-two, you can see the fear in this man's eyes. He is terrified. He's magically held. His friends have left him. He's being stared down by a dwarven cleric. Um, how do his hand? Does he look like he's battle worn? Does he look like he's lived this life for a while, or is he young? Does he seem maybe like he's in this? You know, he's new to this, and maybe he can find a better path. Yeah, he's like nineteen years old, but there's like little cuts and scrapes across his skin all over the place, like he's been in a lot of fights. You can see that there's like still scabs on his knees and elbows, indicating he's recently taken a hard tumble to the ground and it's begun to heal over. His clothes are old and tattered. His boots don't actually match. One of them like is clearly of a different make and model than the others. Um, his weapon in his hand is like a shiny new rapier that he there's no way a guy like this could afford a rapier like this. He's either stolen it, or he's taken it off of a dead person. Or maybe he killed someone for it? I don't know. I have determined that this man, that the path that he is on is not the path that he is meant for. And deep down, he's a better person. Um, I will stare at him, right? I withdraw the mirror. I'll raise my holy symbol, the moon, and kiss it, and then hold it to his chest. And then put it back there, let it fall back, and I'll say, uh, Vlumra has judged this is not your time. Um, I'll leave you here to pursue a better path in life, but the next time I'm in these streets, I want to see you behaving more properly, lest Vlumra may change her mind. And um, I'll turn back to the party and say, I think this one can be let go. I think he should stay in this position until the end of the spell, just to reflect <laughs> on what just happened today. Um, exactly that. We can let it wear I, off naturally. We we could possibly also just take this picture from him. I don't know if she. It's a good idea. Can any of us holding on it? to this weapon? <laughs> yeah, we gotta make sure he doesn't come after us. Not that we want to sell it. Yeah. How do you feel about that speech? Didn't he just sort of infringe on Tempos's? area like isn't tempos the god of fate who, who is this poser cleric telling people of what their fates are yes yeah he, up, i kind of i listened to that i wasn't inspired i may have rolled my eyes i actually think <laughs> I'm wrong. uh i my my internal thoughts which i choose not to share are 
he is just going to go back to his ways. And that's fine. This is entirely unimportant <clears throat> in the grand scale of things. Mm, this is just like a, a tiny pebble tossed into the river. It might cause a, an insignificant ripple, but it's otherwise... Exactly. Whether he changes his ways, whether he returns back to being a bandit, which is most likely the situation, none of this will matter. Mm-hmm. See, seems like you're more focused on the, the big picture of the fate of the world, and maybe the dwarf is more focused less on the big picture, but more on the like individual person. Maybe. Okay. Well, yes, I would say that. Um, bandits dealt with. The party can move on. Where are we going? We leave in town? We headed to the docks? What was the plan? What do you guys think? We did, we did pick the rapier, yeah? Yes, yes. Uh, we can add one rapier to your character sheet. Nice. Um, I will do so. Who, who wants to hold it? I, I really don't want it. It was we can, just that, uh, yeah. Barney can hold it if you want. I can put it in his pack. Or sure. you can just take it, uh, Cornelius, if you want it. I, I think we should just sell it. Yeah, all right. I put, I put it on. I put it on Barney's pack for now, and we can get rid of it later. Do you want to? We still need to decide where we're going. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we can do that. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't think we should stay here any any longer. It sounds like we've attracted too much attention with this whole uh, box stock. Uh, I guess in the future we should be more careful about um, being excited about this box. Hmm. We should have contained our excitement and been more you know, clerical <laughs> yes. <our> <laughs> yes, we should have contained our excitement. Uh, mm, uh, yeah. I'll make note of it. I, I'll do a better job tomorrow. Uh, this is a great learning today. I, I enjoyed the scene that we caused. Yeah. All right, what do you guys think about direction here? Just stepping out of character slightly. Should we go north through the hills? I think that's one option. Or I think we can sort of pass through the thistle forest and then find the river crooks and follow it to Heatstroke. I'd say there are two options, like through the Dwarven lands and along the coast through Weatherlight, or through the forest and following the river around Fortune. I like the uh, to the north idea since you're Dwarven and um, just seems like yeah. out of danger. I think we start in going to Tharnham and then we either go through this tunnel if it exists or if it doesn't, we hug the hills to the east. Okay, sounds okay. good. Are you all right with that? Yeah. Chen, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we shall head out of the north gate, Neil, uh, and head But before we do, we need town. to shop for mirrors. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good thing. Um, I, I do have a question, fellow uh, brother clerics. Uh, do you believe there will be another town on the way where we could buy the mirrors? Because as far as I know, those are very heavy and complicated to carry. It Surely might be the... wise to buy them at the very last moment. <laughs> the greatest mirrors in all of Aradon can be constructed in Milfaldor. And if the tunnels are in place, we should be able to find our way there uh, easily. And we'll need mechanisms so we can angle them in the right way. I'm sure that the dwarves there will be able to assist us with that. That is true. We will also need some money to purchase said mirrors. Uh, and I true. doubt we have enough as of now. Right. Everyone started the game with um, 100 gold, and then I bought gear for all of you. Um, so I think everyone... Jen, you've got the most money. You've been collecting it. You have the, the worst gear, but the most money, because you've been saving it for such a ritual. You have 75 gold remaining. Um, prices. Uh, 
Ryan, you have the least amount of money because you've got the best gear that you've been carrying around with you. You're True. down to uh, 10 gold remaining. And Rome, you're right in the middle. You've got part chain, part leather. So it's at 40. You've got uh, 40 gold remaining. And Nick, I think you bought your gear individually, so you actually tracked your, your cash spending. Yeah, I've got 30, uh, 31 gold plus. Excellent. I also have a really good set of tarot cards. Is that going to be... Uh, that'll trade you two gold for that, because paper is very hard and expensive to make. Great. Um, Nick, you can sell this, this rapier. It's a really mm -hmm. nice one. They'll give you two-thirds price for it, so you can get 10 gold um, without having to haggle or anything. Well, I think it was Cornelius's idea to take the uh, rapier, so he should take the ten gold. Great. Uh, I actually think it was Helen's idea to take the rapier. It was my idea, but it was your idea to sell it. So you know, it was such a great idea to, for you to we'll, say we'll to sell it. it. We'll you put should, it in uh... the coffers, and uh, we'll find a good use for it. That's very kind of you. Um. Now, where could we make money? I mean. There's a classic adventurer's way to make money, which is to kill monsters and loot them. Um, well, maybe do we the... know how much? I mean, like a mirror now is like trivial to buy, but I mean, right. how expensive are they now? Yeah, right. but we're going to need that. It's the mechanism. I think that's going to be more costly. Like it's going to have to be set in something that allows us to angle it, right? Right. Um, perhaps we'll find items along the way that we can sell when we get to Milfaldor. I mean, we can travel through the Harken Wood. Maybe kill some orcs or goblins or something. Uh, and I'm sure the the tunnels and the hills will have creatures. A um a small hand mirror that you might use to like look at your face a little bit bigger than this disc would go for about ten gold pieces. So if you wanted to use small mirrors, you might have the cash already. If you wanted to use larger mirrors that could reflect more sunlight, uh, it would be quite a bit more expensive. Yeah, we're, we're going to need more money. Absolutely. Oh, we will need the biggest mirrors in the <laughs> yeah, whole yeah. lands. Yes. I, cor I correct the party and I uh, say, um, I believe all we will need are four hand mirrors positioned uh, around the four corners of this stone. It's not about the size, but it's the intent. Hmm. The way you you sure measure. about that? <laughs> Positive, I say. How do you huh? know? Because I know all things. Is it your god that told you about the about this uh, technology? <laughs> At the end of the day, rituals are rituals. It is not um, the very act of shining the light uh, into this object will be will suffice. Uh, it does not matter. It matters not that the object of shining the light is larger. Uh, for the object we're shining on, its purpose is amplification. That does sound like a reasonable, logical explanation. We will still need to find a way to bring forth uh, all the water. The water. Like, uh... We will, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I... Mm, Bertold, you might be right, but... How many spells do we all have access to that require expensive components? You know, the the finest gems crafted in by experts to, in order to cast a spell of a high level or 
in order to enchant a blade, it needs to be made from uh, precious metal and carved to the highest uh, degree of expertship. And perhaps these mirrors in our ritual should be the same. Maybe they should be plated with gold, uh, <laughs> you know, carved with runes. It does feel like we should spare no expense for this grand moment that will save the world. Every money, every bit of money we have and every possession we own should be sacrificed for this grand moment. Although Bertolt's wisdom uh, could come to use here. We need gold, Bertolt. You can see the future. Perhaps you can direct us to uh, where Tempos will lead us to great riches. Uh, Tempos tells me that all we need to do is go straight towards Heatstroke. (laughs) (laughs) Wise. Tempos tells me that with four simple hand mirrors, we will have the objects necessary for the ritual. Then so be it. We can argue about this on the way. The journey ahead is long and arduous. Let's, uh... Yeah, let's get moving. Yeah. You make it uh, out of the city gates. You'll see that as you're making your way there, though, you're being followed. One of those, maybe two of those rogues that you just battled with has been following you th- through the streets from a, you know, a, a respectable distance, keeping a crowd between you and them, like popping up onto a box to keep a watch on you and then like hurrying up to follow and then popping up again to see what's happening. They're not trying to keep themselves too concealed, but they are keeping track of you. Um, when you get to the gates themselves, you will see guards. This is one of the few places that are still actively guarded. There's maybe, um, you can count up on the wall, there's like eight archers, and then down at the gate, there's four pikemen, and then there's an officer with a sword and a shield and some like a breastplate and some chainmail, and then another like four people near the officer, so four facing out, four facing in, eight up top, one well-armed, well-armored officer. Is there anything you want to say or do with these people before you go? Doesn't seem like there is, but... I I whispered to the group, Can I ask the guards to stop those brigands from following us? Or is that too suspicious as well? (laughs) I'd say that's probably wise. Okay. Uh, That's good. Uh, I'm hoping these guards can be trusted. Uh, I I go up to the guards. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the, the lower guards, the officer. <laughs> who is it that you speak to directly? Um, anyone who's like at the entrance, mm-hmm. like yeah. you know, not, not up there or something right, right. like One that. One of the the spearmen near down below, who's yeah. facing on the inside. You know, he's scanning the crowd, yeah. making sure that there's nothing dangerous or mm-hmm. suspicious happening. No one's like smuggling bodies in or out mm-hmm. of the town. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But he sees you making eye contact, and mm-hmm. as you approach, he dips his head in deep respect. Uh, oh, hi. I, I give him a little mm. nod to oh, Mother thank, of a Loomis. Uh, a great honor to see you today. How may I be ah. of service? Ah, thank you so much for your devotion to the gods. They are noted. Uh, I will uh, do a prayer in your honor tonight before bedtime. Uh, I just wanted to share with you that there's these um, two guys <laughs> over there that have been uh, following us for quite some time. They are armed and suspicious. It would really uh, make me feel more at peace if you could make sure that we're at least quite far away from this town uh, before you let them out if they're they're still following us. I have I don't given... feel uh, I don't they... feel safe with them following me with those uh, those weapons. Have they given you trouble? 
they, 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 they did uh, they did try to cause some trouble, but you know we we had a discussion and we convinced them that now was not the time, uh, you know, to 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 challenge the authority of the gods. Uh, however, they kept following us, so I'm a little worried. I, I'd feel very much at peace if you kept them in while we walked away. Uh, I, I would be very thankful. He turns and whistles to the the soldiers up top and calls out, <clears throat> Rachel, Anna, and two of the soldiers oh. will turn with bows um, and he'll like signal to them and signal out into the crowd. And they'll like knock an arrow, but not like fully draw it, but like, mm -hmm. you know, ready to fire if something happens. And the guard will walk past you into the crowd after the two rogues who uh, begin to turn around and run in the other direction. The, the guard walks a little bit further, letting them run off um, before returning back. I think they will trouble you no more, but I will keep an eye out for the two of them. Make sure they don't follow you out. Oh, very impressive. Well done. You really did give them a good scare. I bet they will think twice before committing any bad uh, <clears throat> actions. I, I wish I had your faith. Hmm. I no wish you a great day. <laughs> I wish you a great day and a great night. May the light of Illumis shine upon you. Mm -hmm. And may, and he kind of like gazes to the rest of the clerics, and may the uh, fate of Tempos guide you, uh, uh, Malchus. Uh, you, you've served us well. Thank you. Thank you, my lord. And he sees the Flumber cleric and stumbles over the words. Um, I wave him off. Uh, like, he doesn't mean it. Uh, thank you for watching over my mother's soul. Um, and out into the town. You did great. You did great. Um, just so everyone is aware, I am riding Barney at this stage. Excellent. Barney can hold yeah. your weight, no problem. It's a yep. sturdy mule. Uh, He's a good lad. Out of High Castle we go. We're going to take our, our second break right here. And when we come back, it sounds like the party's going to follow the Tam River to Confluence. And we'll see what happens from there. Catch you on the other side. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Light of Illumis. Now that we're out on the road in the late afternoon, we're going to get out of town and probably have to camp near the Tam River before too long when an important question has been well, raised. Wait, 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 wait. So as the sun begins to set and it's the uh, it's that hour, you know, where the sun shines perfectly and it's like really great light for pictures. Golden hour. Yeah, I look across my party and I consider them and I think, damn, these guys... They be looking, and it's time to roll for hotness. I will go first and roll high, obviously. 13. That's a good-looking dwarf right there. That's a yeah, good-looking dwarf. Yeah. Uh, slash R3D6 if you want to roll uh, your hotness. Oh <laughs> it's because I'm sunburned. It's the skin feeling. It's skin the... everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it would be decent, you. but I'm so sunburned. It's I'm pretty lucky. shit. Carabas <laughs> moves his eyes away oh, from no! oh. And he looks at Cornelius. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You know, I was gonna say You're something average. bad, but Wait. now I roll for Barney. <laughs> that is like, that's a good-looking donkey right there. Uh... Oh no, he's an average donkey. <laughs> Couple oh. of uggos. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
Cerberus looks across the party and thinks to <laughs> and himself, disappointed. I'm the most <laughs> handsome one here. <laughs> My That's mule's right. cuter than a couple of these. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, look at that ass. Get it? Fruit. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. 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 You get it. All right. Our party makes their way to the Tam River. There is a crossing point at the Tam River, not too far from High Castle. There's a small little outpost of guards on your side. This crossing point is where the river gets a little bit wide and there's like a, a switchback down the steep slopes on either side. And then you can cross and up the switchback. And on your side, on the High Castle side of this uh, ravine with the river running through it, is a small little outpost of soldiers. And near this little outpost of soldiers, there are a couple of tents that have been pitched. Other travelers in the area stop here because it seems to be a safe and a safe spot. There's a little copse of trees that can provide a windbreak from the worst of the eastern winds. Um, as the, the party arrives and begins to get the lay of the land, figure out where it is that they want to set down, Berthold, with his blessed watchfulness, will notice an oddity. Everyone is sort of resting for the day or in a period of rest. The sun's not quite down yet, but this is the spot where people should be stopping. And yet, in the direction of High Castle, there are plumes of dust being kicked up, indicative of a group of riders going at high speeds, you know, galloping in this direction. An oddity, for if someone were to be leaving a high castle trying to get somewhere in a hurry on horseback, you're not gonna get anywhere tonight. It's way too late to be leaving to reach any spot. And if you're gonna stop here, there's no reason to gallop because you've got like an hour to get here. What are those plumes of dust and those horse riders meaning to you? Well, well, I'll uh, just let the party know um, by saying those bandits, they followed us. They're trying to get us out in the open. I would be surprised if it was the bandits. It seems like a whole lot of means to have all these horses. Maybe it's something worse. Uh, you know the, that stone we just got uh, got stolen from a powerful necromancer named the Count Vicious, I believe. Uh, maybe he sent his men after us. <laughs> Perhaps we should travel to the crossing and pass the guards. Any pursuers will be at least slowed down. Yes, maybe we should rush there. That could maybe give us a... We can find a an alleyway. Yeah, are we close? Yeah, you were very near to this little outpost. Um, judging by the distance between you and the horses, you figure you could get down the valley and part halfway up the other side before the horses arrive. I mean, Do I we be okay. in the outpost? That's totally. Seems... Yeah. Yeah, the outpost is just a, a couple of like semi-permanent tents that have been set up um, where and a, a little archery platform that's built out over the ravine just to give a little bit of better um, view and firing positions. Um, so you can walk up and hang out right in and amongst the guards if you'd like. They'll acknowledge you and they'll, you know, make sure you don't get too close to their stuff. They don't want any <clears throat> thieves or nonsense. They've set up like a little uh, rope with some sticks in the ground to create like a, a gentle perimeter. You could walk over. It wouldn't be a problem. But just as a sign of like, don't come any closer to this. Um, how yeah. close would you like to get? I think we would just like to pass them and then camp within, you know, 100 feet of them. Sure. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we can just let them know, you know, I'll say, you know, my name's Kerberos, we're on a quest authorized by the king. Uh, I'm an advisor to his court. 
and were believed were being pursued by bandits and would like to rest here for the night. Please rest. This is a safe place. No bandits will cause you harm as long as we are near. Do they look pretty powerful? These soldiers? Yeah. (laughs) They have like proper armor and stuff. (laughs) Well, the archers don't have any armor on whatsoever, but the spearmen have shields and like a mix of chain and leather. And there's a few proper knights here. Yeah, you see three knights who have like plate mail with chain, like a breastplate and like chain limbs coming off the sides of it. Scabbards with long swords, um, shields, which are set away for right now. No need for them in use, except for the one who's on duty. And then a couple of servants to like make food and tend to the horses. There's a, a small little stall with a couple of horses parked in it. Um, yeah, the knights are probably fifth level fighters. Maybe third level if they're if, if times are really desperate. The soldiers all probably have like the ones with spears and shield probably have like 17 AC. Uh, maybe two hit dice plus one to hit 2d4 damage pretty solid yeah good enough i would say probably a stronger fighting force than us so yeah great all right well we we make camp yeah yeah you make camp and sure enough the galloping horses arrive and they get closer and you can see that it is a group of seven there are five um, I don't know what you would call them, henchmen, maybe? They're they're wearing, like, uniforms, but they're not great uniforms. They're, like, hand-stitched. They're all sort of the same color, and it's just basically, like, a plain tabard in, uh, the, in like, a, a blue-red stripe pattern. And then there is one, like, proper mercenary bodyguard-looking guy who's got some scale mail, like, orange-colored um, scales that come all the way up and down, a shield on the side of his horse, a, a long spear, which could be used as a lance or a fighting weapon, and then, like, a collection of other arms nearby, and a nice, thick, heavy helmet. And at the back of the party is a wizard, and she is wearing, like, blue and black robes and has uh, dark hair. Um, and the, the lot will arrive and the woman, the wizard at the back will you know, reach out and tap the bodyguard, the mercenary looking guy and point in the direction of you. And he'll come over, grab a, two of the five henchmen and trot their horses up to the group of clerics. You have a minute or two before they arrive if you want to say something amongst each other. Are the guards letting them past? Yeah, they're not looking aggressive or anything. The guards don't seem to be too concerned about them. Um, Do we recognize any of them from previously? Mm-hmm. No. Definitely not. Are the uniforms? They're like handmade uh, blue and red striped uniforms. There's no symbols of a, a, a noble house or anything. No, you've never seen this before. Okay. Um, Nick, you've lived in High Castle for a very, very long time. Make me a local history check. Yes, sir. 26. Yeah. You don't know these symbols themselves, but High Castle has become sort of like a safe haven for people, especially spellcasters who have been, I don't want to say hunted down, but they're prime targets for uh, banditry from all their wealth. And people have sort of set up their own personal bodyguards under their own colors like this. You don't recognize this group, but you've seen other sort of like people with money putting together a band of warriors to protect them. Um, Clearly, this is some sort of wealthy wizard or 
the wizard is working for a wealthy person, not a noble family, but just someone that has money. And this is their like ragtag group of enforcers or, you know, um, henchmen <clears throat> of some kind. Uh, no, I don't want to do anything before they get here. I'll sort of step forward to the front of the party to await, you know, them to get here. Mm-hmm. Yep. No one else wants to say? Just say, let's hear what they have to say. Yeah. As they get close, I'll call like, Holder, yeah. what is your business with us? man with the lance and the armor will you know, stop his horse and signal to the others to stop. He'll take off his helmet with one hand. <clears throat> um, and you'll see that it, it's not a, a man under here at all. It's a woman with long, flowing, golden hair. And she will call out her name Wait. is... Roll for hotness. Thank you. Since, we're, since we started doing it, alright, you said long, golden hair. I want to see it. Long, golden <laughs> hair. That's the best part about apart. her. That's the five with on the hotness split ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she'll pull off her helmet and say my name is Pad I am a servant of and she sort of points back to the wizard well behind her uh, of my my mistress Minnie I'm here looking for the clerics that have just left High Castle I, I presume the four of you are they my mistress Minnie would like to speak with you you are correct yes that's fine you can share our food. Please, right this way. And she will turn her horse. The henchman will move out to the sides and she will, if you want, walk back towards the, the wizard um, with you beside her. I look back to the party and like, you get, you should all come. Yeah. I'm going to follow, right. but I, I'll try to stay a little further away if I'm <clears> holding <throat> the box. I know it radiates a ton of magical energy. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, I don't have my shield, just my axe that's on my back, and I'll follow the mercenary. That's a good with question. My party in tow. Um, everybody else with shields. The reason I ask is because equipping a shield takes a round, but wearing your shield is a signal of I'm ready to do battle, and it sort of has a, a certain amount of social impact on how people will perceive you. So, um, Trump and Ryuzilla, are you armed with your shield out? Are you signaling to people that you're ready for a fight? Or are you um, signaling to people that you're just a chill dude? I'm a chill dude. Yeah, we're just walking behind him and their backs are to us. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what are you saying? I, I, I'm I'm not about to attack them. I'm just I'm just trying to, you know. Yeah, that was yeah, an I, implication. I, I, I don't <laughs> I, I don't have my shield up. All right, cool. Um, you can all arrive at Minnie, who's a little bit away from everything else, and she will uh, give you a, a polite bow. <clears throat> Father, uh, fathers and mother, the clerics before us, I'm blessed to see you all here today. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Of course. How can given we assist how, you? Given how fast you came, I imagine you have something important to tell us. Certainly do. Not four hours ago, this very day, I was casting a spell, routinely, when I noticed something, a brightness in the detection path that could only mean one thing. I immediately dispatched my mm. folks 
um, but we could not find it. I cast another detect magic spell a little bit later and saw the, the emanations from beyond the gate. We rallied our horses, asked the guards at the gate, and they said a party of four clerics had recently gone through. Do you know what of which I speak? We know what you're speaking about, and we would advise that you leave well enough alone. I mean you no harm, but I come requesting your aid. I don't know how much you know about arcane magic. I have... Make sure that no one else is nearby. My men have uncovered a, a wand. A wand whose magic is sealed behind a command word, which my identification spells will not reveal to me. But that thing you carry can empower my magic much more strongly. And with it, I could learn the command word for my wand. I would like to make an exchange. Let me simply borrow for one spell that object that you carry that I shall not name here. And in exchange, I can offer you money and manpower for whatever quest you may be on ahead. I understand if you need to talk amongst yourselves to confer over this matter, but I come to you in sincerity and honesty. And here, she reaches to her side and pulls out a, a bag of ten gold coins and tosses it over as a token of my good faith. I'll catch it and nod and say, uh, I need to confer with my friends here. And I'll turn around and walk a little bit away from yeah. her. Yeah, she signals her horsemen to like move near her. They're still like kind of in front of her to keep her safe. Um, but they, they give you space to talk amongst yourselves. Um, Helen, I don't know how much you know about this thing we're carrying around, but I wouldn't be so certain that a single spell might not use the whole thing up. Uh, mm. It may even end the friendly wizard's life the moment she tries to interact with it. I would suggest that for our own sake, for the sake of Eridon and the sake of the entire world, and for hers in particular, we decline this offer. There is other ways to make gold. I completely agree. I think this uh, extremely powerful artifact is not to be trifled with, and uh, unlocking the power from a simple magical wand is definitely not worth uh, the risk. Uh, we should use treat this as a single charge object that will be used at the end of our quest to they're, save the world. They're not paying attention to us, right? No. They are watching you, but they're like not in earshot. Okay, I want to go um, somewhere like out of eyesight and just kind of like casually um, look at some rocks on the ground and I want to find one that that is similar like size to um, our our stone. Uh, what is your your polite excuse to walk away without saying I, I what, gotta I gotta answer? go use the bathroom. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go take a leak. Yeah, yeah. You, you go walk behind a tree or some bushes to take a leak. You can find a rock that looks just like it's just a fucking rock off the ground. Yeah, right. Looks right. exactly like it. All right. So I, I I have the rock concealed, and I come back and suggest to the party. You know, we can we can test her. We can. And I and I kind of like explain to them that I I, I have this rock. We can. We can give her the box with this rock inside and see what see what her intentions are. 
Well, there's she'll another. Know. I, I do think she'll. She'll know, know when it fails. Uh -huh. But then when it fails, we can give her if if she tries it. You know, if she doesn't try to do anything funny, then we can maybe let her use it for real. I don't feel comfortable using a powerful artifact for such a puny task. Uh, what are we going to do? We're going to become a, 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 a store for people who wants to supercharge their magical powers? Is that the purpose the gods have given us for this quest? Well, here's the more important thing. Uh, I don't know if she realizes the great... What the great possibility that she will die if she casts a spell. So maybe we should let her know that politely, and then this will Indeed. solve itself. I I would like to inform you, fellow um, brothers of faith, uh, that I do have the spell Zone of Truth prepared if we want to have a very honest conversation with her. <laughs> that is an option. <laughs> ah, yes, I was... Uh, and also, if I want to just read her memory, we can do that too. <laughs> In all fairness, I don't <laughs> think the I woman grab is this lying. Rock for then? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the rock ID, Brother Cornelius. I think it will come into play. You should hold on to that yeah, rock. I'll keep for... it. I'll keep it. <laughs> My mind. I believe Cornelius. it will come perhaps, in handy. <laughs> perhaps you have another uh, occupation as a rogue in store for you. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just explain to her that we have a grand plan for this item? Uh, give her her 10 gold back and, uh, you know, wish her well with her... Um, I agree. It's the best wand. course of action. Um, uh -huh. Does anybody have a way to know more about her wand, maybe? We could ask her about it. Mm. No, I, I mean, helping her get information about the command board. This, this is not be... our issue. This might be a good time to ask um, just how much do you know about this rock, Sister Helen? Uh, will, could it cause, how likely is it to cause death upon use? It's quite likely. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at the end of this journey. I die using this uh, <laughs> this rock and casting this spell for my god Anubis. But you know, grand sacrifice. <laughs> I am prepared to die to rid the land of the undead. Isn't that the most holy thing a cleric can do? Yes, it would be a small price. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> I I agree. One life. For the no, life of... not not one life, four lives. Five, Five lives if you include Bonnie. <laughs> the donkey I, can live. I mean, I, I I expect to die, but you know, I'm. We could think of a way to protect uh, everyone else around me. Maybe it's part of the ritual. <laughs> Perhaps questions for later in our journey. Yes, for yes, now, yes. we should deal with this wizard. Although, Cornelius, uh, I would like to note that. Mere hours outside the walls of the city, you attempt to lead us into the maelstrom already of chaos. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I do appreciate your creativity with this stone, however. I, I do believe there the, is a place uh, the for death, it. The death thing was was not part of my knowledge when I was kind of. <laughs> I uh, I turned back from the party. I, I didn't realize quite quite how strong that stone was. <clears throat> I, yeah, you, I you can imagine it as just, you know, us casually carrying around a very explosive device. A nuclear bomb. <laughs> yes. Um, Got it. Mimi, was it? Mini? Yeah, turn back to the 
the yeah yeah I walk back to her. Yes, it is Minnie. Minnie, I appreciate your offer, and it's true that we are in need of gold coins to aid us in our journey here. Um, but I'm afraid that I'll have to decline. And let me outline the reasons here. Firstly, this stone of ours, uh, it's powerful, but we're not sure what can be done with it before it's consumed. We have a goal in mind and we have to preserve its power until the time we can release it. Secondly, we're all pretty convinced here there's a decent chance that interacting with this thing with any sort of magic will have a high chance of resulting in our immediate death. And I would suspect that you may be a master of the arcane, but this power is likely beyond the comprehension of you or any of the other wizards left in Eridon. So I respectfully decline and hope that you understand. And you may have your 10 gold back. (laughs) I I like, you know, nudge him a bit about the 10 gold at that point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I throw the the sack of 10 gold back. You're so welcome to eat with us if you are tired and in need of nourishment. Let me let me put your mind at ease, good cleric of Lumbra. What, what did you say your name was? I didn't, but my name is Kerberos. Father Kerberos, let me tell you. <clears throat> I do know some about this item you carry. My arcane training has taught me a great much. I studied under one of the great wizards of Eridon long ago. There was an enchanter in Shirebrook. Uh, well, not not exactly. There was a wizard in Shirebrook by the name of Aldrich, uh, under which I have studied for many, many years, decades ago. <clears throat> um, and under his tutelage, I have learned quite a bit about these stones, these rare, precious stones. My, I would only be using a fraction of the energy within. Certainly not enough that whatever your intents are would be disrupted. So let me put your mind at ease to to issue number one. As for issue number two, you're right. These are dangerous tools. Dangerous enough that wouldn't you want to know how they work? I could provide you guidance, wisdom, teach you what I know, and show you how to operate such a component under the proper circumstances so that you too may use it in peace and safety. And as a third point, I don't know where you travel, but the times are dangerous. Undead swarm the Golden Seas out further beyond the Tam River. I can offer you manpower to guide you where you need to be. I can offer you gold if that is needed, and perhaps the use of my own spells. I could accompany you upon this trip as an assistant, with depending on the particulars. If not, um, money can buy mercenaries. Excuse me if I'm a little bit rude here, uh, Minnie, but you offer a great deal just to unlock the secrets of a wand. It could just be a basic spell. Why, why is it so important to you? Maybe your master, Aldrich and Shybrook, if he's still alive, could help you uh, unlock the wand himself without need for such dangerous magics. Unfortunately, he and Shirebrook are no more. Um, the wand could be nothing, but in all likelihood, it is something. Wands are great objects of power with tremendous stored magic within. Even if it is some, a simple spell, 
having it at my disposal like this is, is well worth a, a small fortune. I have everything but the command word. I'll add, I don't suppose you know any teleportation magic, do you? She shakes her head. No, I can muster a ball of flame that will erupt in a 40-foot diameter, but teleportation is beyond me at this point in time. I uh, think to myself that this is just too good to be true. Like, she's basically offering everything we need, um, <clears throat> implying that she has prior knowledge of what we're trying to achieve here, and I'm, I'm feeling a bit suspicious about it. Um, I think about consulting with the party again, so I look over my shoulder to gauge everyone's thoughts right now. I give yeah. Kerberos a, a look that says, um, Nice. You know, why don't you... I've made don't it. You just kind of... Uh, stare into her soul a little bit. Yes. Um, you took my no alignment spell off me, Neil, that I thought I had. Um, I just don't feel like we can trust her. I look, I, I you know, Bear told Helen, what do you guys think? Are, are we away from her? Or are we no, I'm kind her? of... I'm you're, you're, you're communicating in looks right now, so just give me a look that says... <laughs> Your thoughts. Uh, I, I looked at your looks and conclude that you guys don't trust her. I, I was tempted to trust her because I tend to trust people in general. Uh, but I give a look that says maybe I should cast Zone of Truth. <laughs> I, I look at, at Helen and I like that. You can probably tell from my question that I'm at least a little curious. I, I'm, I've got a positive look on my face. <clears throat> okay. I turn back around and say, well, <laughs> perhaps you can offer more than I first envisioned, but you must understand our caution here. Uh, like you said, dangerous times, and this is powerful magic. There are many who would lie, cheese, and steal to get their hands on it. Would you be willing to subject yourself to a zone of truth? Yeah, yes, I would. Interesting. I literally say that out loud. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, it's exactly as I expected. Hmm. Yes. Then from you... her horse, as does her bodyguard. The other five remain mounted. Why don't you command your uh, your guards here to make camp for the night, and you can eat with us. We'll discuss and converse on the subject, and hmm. when the sun sets, we'll cast our spell. Splendid. Um... We did not bring anything with which to make camp. We expected to return to the city. Uh, but we can prepare whatever it is that camping supplies you brought. Did you bring tents or food or things with which to cook? We totally uh, bought all that before this session with our gold and have bedrolls and everything. Then excellent. I shall unpack it <laughs> off of your mule and set it up. And she snaps her fingers to her guards, um, and two of them dismount and begin to break, make your camp on your behalf. I go over to Barney, and I don't let them touch him. I will unpack the stuff from my mule myself. Thank you. Okay. Right. And I will lead Barney to a nice tree. A nice so tree. Of like you. One of those trees, right, where there's no sheep around, and the grass is really nice and long. There's a few sort of interesting, like, dandelions and other stuff in there. I tie him to that tree. He's going to have a good night. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Campfire can be set, tents will be pitched, bedrolls rolled out, 
Um, the food that you brought earlier, Jen, please subtract 20 gold from your character sheet since you bought all this stuff earlier. Uh, I'll, pay. Okay. <laughs> I'll pay for it. It's all right. I got it. Sure. Um, camp gets made. You can see Minnie very quickly settles down into a, a very calm state. She sits sort of cross-legged as the, her henchmen wander around doing things. Her personal bodyguard, which is the relationship that you seem to be getting here, stands near her like right behind her and off to the side a little bit doesn't take his hands you know far from his hips he's always ready for for combat but in these trying difficult times it's his position um and soon enough the sun begins to set and the the henchmen have made whatever stew that you have supplies for or whatever you know burgers or trail rations whatever it is that you packed jen would you pack or nick since you bought the food would you pack um you know traveling russians so it's going to be bits of cheese some nuts some dried fruit uh some jerky mm -hmm. um maybe though actually since this is our first day out of town maybe i have some like fresh meat just for this first day that we can cook in the stew um mm -hmm. obviously it'll go bad but we can save the dry russians for later in the journey excellent all right it so is we've so. probably got some like goat or something mm-hmm it's all been packed and made, and everyone sits down, enjoys a nice little meal. The The guards talk mostly amongst themselves. They don't really seem interested in what's going on over here with all these clerics. Uh, you would know as a cleric, some people love you, and some people are like, ooh, got to stay away from those clerics. There's too much judgment happening over there. Um, so mm. this behavior of, of people keeping a certain distance is not at all unusual. Um, the bodyguard doesn't say shit because that's his job. And Minnie makes, you know, polite conversation about who you are and where you come from. She asks each of your names and your towns of origin and tries to get like a little backstory. How receptive are you to um, revealing your origins? Um, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Cornelius? Um, yeah, just nothing too revealing about what we're uh, doing, but mm. like in the past, sure. Okay. What about you, Bertholdt? I'm uh, extremely revealing because what I see is a chance to make our journey uh, at a much higher chance of success. Mm -hmm. And Helen? I'm I'm pretty transparent about why I, um, what caused me at least to leave, you know, where I come from. Yeah. Uh, travel across the sea and then the horror I've lived when I realized there were you know, the, the lens were in shambles, but I, I don't talk about, you know, the divine quest and all that. Right, right. Also, I don't personally have the Zone of Truth spell, but um, I figure I'd know about it, yeah? Mm -hmm, definitely. Could you tell me about how long it'll last and how many people it can affect? Uh, it will ra last one round per level. Uh, one round is what, a minute? One minute? Yeah, a minute. Uh, so, and we're level five. So five minutes, yeah. So it will last five minutes. And its size um, is a 25 by 25 foot square. So as many people as can fit in 25 by 25. Okay. I will, in the open here, say, since we're all, we all seem to be on the same side here, would you all agree to be in the zone of truth as well? Yeah. I, I, of course, will agree. I will. Of course. Yes. We all look at Cornelius. Oh, okay. Before Do... we get into that, 
sorry, go ahead. I, I will specify that it is possible for somebody to um, attempt to resist the zone of truth and successfully do so. That Would you true. know if they resisted? No. I don't think so. <clears throat> I look at uh, Minnie. So, Minnie, um, you know what's in our box. Perhaps I could get a look at that wand of yours. I'm interested. Yes, she considers after a moment and uh, heads back to her horse and unpacks a cloth from it and unwraps it, revealing to you a wand made out of nickel. Um, and it has like a, a little etching that creates a spiral all the way down from like the thick end, which is a, maybe a half inch in diameter, all the way down to the fine point over a course of, what is this, like a foot and a half, maybe two feet long. Okay. I mean, I take a look at it. I don't think there's much I can discern from it. Yeah. Minnie, um, do you have the identification spell prepared today? No, um, I cast it yesterday. I did not expect to be in this spot of fortune. I, um, I did bring my spell books with me, though, and if we come to an agreement, it isn't long spell. It does take eight hours to cast. Hmm. I would prefer to do it within the confines of my um, study. If, you, if your mission is not time urgent, we could head back to I castle together, and I would spend the day in preparation. I mean, how certain can you be that this stone won't explode or erupt into flames when you try and cast magic on it? Because uh, you're right, maybe you'll only use a portion of the power, but if it goes wrong, the whole thing could be destroyed, couldn't it? She nods, yes. Um, it is dangerous. The important thing when dealing with stones like this is to consider them as a component they are not the thing through which you cast your you channel your magic they are they're the flavoring and the seasoning upon um your spice you, you don't want to oversalt your soup you don't want similarly <clears throat> you don't want to um you wouldn't cast it an identify spell through this rock you would with Identify in particular, I would use the rock and scrape it gently in the circle around which we were going to cast the spell. And then the wine for the Identify spell, I would pour over the rock. Thus, we would take a small fraction of the power and imbue it in the ritual itself, rather than bringing the whole stone into force in the moment. The idea is to amplify without overcharging that answer your question i suppose it does but i really can't get over the roadblock here that there is a non-zero chance that it will be destroyed in the casting of this spell there is a non-zero chance that you die on the journey as you lack protection wherever it is you're going which i have not asked nor have i asked your purpose i assume four clerics such as you well three clerics such as you plus a cleric of malchus can be up to only good things Correct. I, yes. I'm not in great approval. Well, how do you, how do you then feel I about suppose that, it's Cornelius? a. <laughs> Just laughing to myself. It's par for the course. You know, he knows. He knows he's a bad egg. It's okay, Malchus. We're really glad that you're here with us. <laughs> um, well, uh, well, 
is well, it time for a zone of truth now that I've spoken this truth? Be, before we do that, I kind of want to give her like a, an ocular pat down and look and see like, does she have any rings on? Any sort of like anything looking magical that may help her in uh, resisting this? Yeah. Um, why don't you make me a both a charisma and a perception check? One for her physical objects on her, and one for like her demeanor and what you can extract just by like you know, a look. Okay, a charisma and a what? Perception, the CHR and the PCP. Excellent. So personality-wise, like judging her and what's going on she's a mystery man this woman is full of dark secrets like she could (laughs) she could be harboring the secrets to eternal life in those eyes there's something about her that you can't quite place your finger on and maybe it's your inner malchus nature that like you can't really trust anyone but there's something fishy about this woman um Mm. as for her gear she's indeed wearing a um, engraved golden ring written in like the engravings on the outside are written in elven not common it's definitely not like a wedding ring or anything like that uh it's made of gold and it is like highly polished you know a normal gold ring will have like small scratches and small little markings on it like from the wear and tear over time this thing is like she just polished it yesterday it's quite possibly magical okay i i ask her i say before we do the zone of truth i I insist you remove any um jewelry that you're wearing and i kind of motion to the um nice ring she's got on uh she will take the ring off her finger and hand it to her bodyguard um and give you like a single nod of approval great impressive I will cast a zone of truth. Do you? Do we want to, you know, discuss the type of questions we want to ask? We probably her? should know what we're going to yeah. ask. Yeah, we need to yeah. verify her story. Let's wing it. That'll be more fun. <laughs> I agree. All right. <laughs> I guess zone of truth. Five minutes starts now. Let's go. <laughs> right. The four of you plus the woman are in the zone of truth. Um, she's just at the um, edge of it. Her actually, she and her bodyguard are both within the. Yeah, the realm. I like that her bodyguard is in it. I, I like a second source of truth. It's a it's a nice addition. Okay. Um, Five minutes starts. Uh, go. I'll start. Minnie, how confident are you that whatever you intend to do with the stone will not consume its power totally? Extremely confident. Very high confidence interval. Okay, I look to someone else. Yeah, let's let's start with some simple ones. Why did you follow us? I seek the philosopher's stone that you carry. To what end? In order to uncover the command word of my wand. And any, any others? My intent in searching you is for the command word of my wand. What are all the reasons that you know we have the Philosopher's Stone? Only one object in existence that I know of will shine with so much magic as to be seen across town when my Detect Magic spell's radius is only 60 feet. Only one thing I know of shines that brightly, an object of legend. Do you think uh, identifying the code word of a simple wand is... Uh, 
justified use for such an item? I believe I have a different philosophy on the principles of magic than you. What does magic do but serve our purposes and our needs? A philosopher's stone is a tool to an end. Why is this wand so important to you? I don't understand the question. Why do... Why would you go through such trouble to mm. discover the common word for this wand? Its owner died. Or they could tell me its command word. Without it, the wand is useless, and my magic will not divine its name. It's when you say died, did you kill yeah. them? Yes. I look at the bodyguard and I say, do you trust her? That's some chaos you're causing there. <laughs> I trust her to pay me, he says. Do you that trust is... her to be truthful? Yeah, I feel like he's being dodgy in the zone of truth. Why, why did you kill your <laughs> old master? I did not kill my old master. Or I mean, um, the previous owner of the wand. Of this wand. She looks to her bodyguard for a moment. Um, and you can see, like, she's trying to, like, she's trying to do something, but the words aren't coming. And eventually she says, we had a difference in agreement over who should own the wand. <laughs> do you have any, uh, <clears throat> any part of the dead previous owner? Perhaps this could be solved with a simple speak with dead spell. It has been tried. And what was the problem? shakes her head uh, an answer a satisfactory answer could not be reached after using this stone do you intend to give it back to us I intend well. to return the stone to its rightful owner okay and who is the rightful owner of this stone Objection. I do not know which of you four is the rightful <laughs> owner of this stone, but at this time, that is who it is. I'm sure it belonged to someone before you took it from them, though. Who that is, do I you... do not know. <clears throat> will, you go, it... <laughs> will you go on your... Will you be on your way if we decline to give you access to this? beyond my way will you chase us will you leave peacefully yes thank you better english <laughs> sorry in the land of longboard i, I i've learned <laughs> other languages before common unfortunately <laughs> it's understandable helen do not worry your solemnese is far better than mine i'm sure i will not attack you in this place in this place. I see. Of course. Not with the guard's presence. Should we trust you? I would like you to. I That's think not an answer that to my question. That is a good idea. Should is subjective. You find me if... handsome. <laughs> 
No. Yes, very, actually, she says, as Jen realizes the, the spell is up. Uh, and she, like, a smile comes across her face as she says, yes, very. I, I, give, a, I give a look to the other uh. that says the spell is over. <laughs> no, 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 the last fail. question was still within the confines, I'm sure of it. Yeah. <clears throat> well... Thank you for being so honest with us. I think uh, we should all confer one more time. We will I have agree. an answer for you in the morning, Minnie. Mm. Mm, it is advice to sleep on such matters. And you should I, prepare your identify spell at the same time. Yes. I believe it is obvious that the stone is um, so important that Normally, things I would be uncomfortable asking due to privacy concerns, I would not, but this seems like a good time to do so. Would you allow me to witness the moment that you killed the previous Juan's owner? Excuse me? What uh, do this you would mean be witness? It's long this, in the past. This would be done through casting a memory read on you and living that memory as if it were mine was an unpleasant encounter. I do not wish to relive it myself. But if it will give you peace of mind, then yes. Yes, you may. If you promise to me, Cleric of Tempos, that that memory and that memory alone is the one you wish to read, then yes, I will subject myself to your intrusions. It is a judgment of character and the judgment of why you deem this one so important. So I believe it is the right memory to read. Uh, it would make me feel a lot more comfortable. So yes, that is the memory. She motions her bodyguard to step away. Um, she sort of like shakes herself loose. It's, you know, it's been getting on and towards evening. So she'll take off the hood that she was wearing. That was like keeping her warm and, you know, pull her hair back and, um, you know, prepare herself. I think for this spell, you have to be uh, probably touching her head in some way, shape, or form. So why don't you describe how you, what what it looks like? Are you standing in front of her, behind her? Are you sitting? Is it her head or is it like her palms you're holding? What what does it look like when you cast read memory? Are your eyes closed? Are they open? I think um, I'll take out a, let's see. I'll take out this very valuable looking piece of linen cloth. It's got threads of gold uh, mm. in it. And I place it on top of her head and I am touching that cloth. Okay, so the cloth is the conduit between her mind and your body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I, I apologize for subjecting you. Actually, you will not be... Well, I am causing you to remember it now, but you will not have to live through the same thing that I am experiencing. Mm. Okay. Um, so I think that this goes in 1 50th the actual time, so you can view like an hour of memory in about a round. Um, and it will yes. last for one round per level, so you can learn... Oh, correction, the, uh, correction, I, I don't say that previous thing. The subject experiences the memory at the same time, the caster. Okay. So you can it. experience about four hours of her memory. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, the memory that you get is her 
and her guards, including this bodyguard right here, but you don't recognize the other faces. Um, engaged in combat, a, a hallway in what appears to be some sort of stone building. Um, at first, it looks like it might be a large building, but as her men in front of her are like engaged in, in melee with some other um, human warriors, and the wizard in question, this woman, is like casting spells, which you, uh, since you're reading her memory, you know are magic missile spells, slaying the guards in front of them. Uh, they push to the end of the hallway where there is a door that has been like barred, and her soldiers try to like knock it down over and over again with their shoulders. They try to kick it in. Um, she will use a knock spell, which will undo the bar, and her soldiers then try to like shove it open. There's a little bit of combat with sword blades coming through from the other side, stabbing at her people. One of them like is wounded and begins to retreat, and she puts a hand on his back and pushes him forward to get through the door, commanding them, like, now is the time, go forward. Push, soldiers, push. After a little back and forth foray, the, the door swings open. The injured soldier stumbles through, immediately gets hacked down by someone on the side. The other soldiers come into the room, and you can see that this is actually the, the last room here. There's windows on the back windows on the sides. It must have been like a small building because this room's only 20 feet wide and yet there's windows on three of the four sides and the, the hallway's coming out of the very middle of it. Um, and this is some small sort of throne room. Like it, it might be like a local fiefdom or something um, and it's definitely in a state of decay. Like maybe the people who are in here have recently occupied it and haven't had time to like sweep up because there's dust and dirt everywhere. There's like, um, you know, some, some crap lying around. There's a, a tapestry that's maybe 15 feet off the ground where the base of it is. And it's like sort of cockeyed and sort of burned from some previous engagement and whoever it is here right now didn't take the time to like reposition it. Um, and across the room on the dais just below the tapestry are two soldiers with a, a woman behind them, a, a spellcaster of some sort, and then the, the four soldiers who are fighting right here in the front entryway. Um, and without, without so much as like a, a how do you do, without so much as a, a question, um, the, the spellcaster whose memories you're reading, uh, throws a fireball down the hallway, down the room, hitting the back of the room, burning those folks, um, engulfing the soldiers, including one of her own, in the large fireball blast. The person on the other side, the other spellcaster goes down. Um, the other two warriors, one of them survives and tries to scramble to safety, like backing up into a corner, hiding behind her shield. Uh, the wizard in question commands her soldiers to put that one down, leave no survivors, and then uh, goes and rifles through the charred remains of the wizard in question, picks up some gold, picks up some items, grabs a spell book, and then they explore the rest of this area. There's another room just to like the, the right of the hallway. If you're coming down the hallway, it would be like on the other side of your wall right there. Um, doesn't find much in there. Uh, you know, it looks like a, a bed chamber of sorts, but the hall, the room on the left, oh, that's where like the little workshop is. There's a couple of books. There's a whole bunch of spell components neatly organized on some shelves. And there's a wand. The woman comes over, the, the mage in question comes over, picks up the wand, turns it over and tells her people to search through the books carefully. Don't tear a page. Um, and you have four hours of memory and it's pretty much just the soldier paging through these books and the woman looking through them too. Someone finds a diary and she like quickly skims through the diary. There's some things in like a cipher uh, and she's, you know, puts the diary aside and tells someone that we'll have to read the cipher another time. 
um, and she is clearly frantically looking for everything. She does find a slew of potions. She finds um, another spell book, um, some extra gold, some weapons and armor and gems, a few scrolls, all of which like bring her excitement and joy. You're reading her memory. Do you get her emotional state or just the view? Uh, experiences the memory with the same intensity as the subject. Uh, so um, it uh, might have helped on like learning why like she just went in blasting, I guess, too. Yeah. Well, um, when she finds the one of the spell books, she will say, this is it. You know, this is what we came for. And you can that same intensity, you can feel like the rush of excitement as she gets her hands on this book with this like blue binding around it and a, a piece of like red metal that holds the thing together. Um, she picks it up gingerly and carefully, like using a pair of uh, tongs that she brought that she like produces from a bag at her side, some silver tongs that she uses to lift the spell book and carefully place it in a cloth bag, which then gets placed in another bag, which then gets placed in a, a box that they've brought. Clearly she's like wary of this object. Um, and after searching the room for other things, piling them in that same chest as well, she comes back to the wand and turns it over a few times trying to like figure out what it might be. Um, tells everyone to pack up the books. They can bring a box for those books. So they have to like find some other bags and then heads back over to the, the charred remains of the other spellcaster she killed. Um, goes to like pull a piece of hair, but it's like singed and burning and smells terrible. And so she has one of her soldiers hack off uh, a hand of the spellcaster to bring it back for read, uh, speak with dead purposes. And uh, I think that is where the memories fade. Yeah, after I, I remarked that is quite the memory. It's not a pleasant one. Um, I think at what she was thinking the moment that she uh went in the room and saw those wizards. Were, were those enemies? Was this done out of personal gain? I mean, did they do wrong? Hmm. Um you, yeah, because you have plenty of time left, because that does definitely didn't take four hours. So you are you begin to probe her other memories um, that might be oh, related no, no, to just, this. Um, are you asking her? The, I was asking about that memory. This is this is a question to the wizardess, right? No, no. Um, no. like I've experienced that memory, so mm -hmm. I want to know what I experienced. Gotcha. When? Yeah. Right. When she came in, was she experiencing or feeling? Um, yeah. Was, was this for revenge? Was this for greed? This was pretty clearly um, not about revenge. Like, there's a sense of recognition of the other wizard. Um, like a, I know who you are. We, you know, you're the one that I'm expecting to be at the end of this room. But there wasn't any strong emotion attached to this other person. It wasn't hatred or or vengeance in her heart. It wasn't justice. Like, thank God we finally brought the the killer to justice. Um, it was just like, up, oh, that's that's the one. There she is. Hmm. Any other okay. things you want to read into? No, I will respect her wishes and only read that memory. Well, that's it then. The spell ends. The woman looks to you. Well, clearly you're uh clearly you are what you say. You are trying to use the stone. 
to identify this wand. I confirmed to her in the party. Good. As I said, I, I think I would prefer to sleep on it, Minnie. I'm sure you can take the night here. My men and I have neither tent nor bedding. High Castle's but a 20-minute gallop from here. Perhaps we'll come by in the morning, near dawn, and um, speak with you then. That sounds very Oh, reasonable. it was that close. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we really didn't get very far from our starting point. We yeah. probably should have stayed in the pub. <laughs> it's fine. 20 minute gallop is like a you know a two hour walk though. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, no, no, no. We, we, yeah. we made some, awesome. some, some route. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. All right. Um, I, while you're here, I, I didn't want to say there was one major thing that concerned me in your responses. You mentioned you intended to, uh, you didn't sound like you were going to give the stone back to us after you used it. Um, I think it's interesting how two people can hear the same words and derive very different meanings from it. But is that not what the soothsayers of old are known for, for saying one thing and meaning two? I, I don't agree with your interpretation, but I respect your diligence. Can we... I'm inclined to let you use the stone. Uh, I, I'll be straightforward in that, but I would also like you to be more forthright in giving us the stone back after you use it. Can we work out a deal there? I, I am aware that perhaps initially you did not want to give us back the stone, but if you've changed your mind now, perhaps we can still work with you. I would be happy to return the stone to you and aid you in the learning of how best to use it so you not bring harm to yourself or others by accident. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like we've got a lot of food for thought to mull over in our sleeps and pray to the gods for advice. Um, I wish you a good and restful night. Um, and we will uh, tell you tomorrow our verdict. May Illumis shine brightly upon all of us till the end of our days. Oh, lovely to know that you're also a believer in Illumis. <laughs> he lights my way each and every day. <laughs> ah, wonderful. <clears throat> that does make me feel better. <laughs> mm. Have a wonderful night. <laughs> Thank you for your time, she says as she gets up and heads off with her soldiers. They remount their horses and uh, start with the trot and and then pause maybe 500 feet away or so. Talk amongst themselves for a little bit. And then the whole lot of them, all seven, gallop off in the direction of High Castle, disappearing into the night. Um, you lose sight of them after, you know, probably another 1,000 feet or so. Start. After they um, left for a little bit, I collapse. I was putting on a brave front. Mm. Uh, that is a side effect of this spell. Mm. I don't trust her. I don't think we should give her the stone. I agree. But it also feels like the day is running out and we should sleep on it and then discuss about it when we wake up. Uh, well, I would tomorrow. say 
If our answer is no, we should leave before dawn. This woman is quite clearly capable of rapid violence. Wouldn't she be able to track us down anyways? Would she? Perhaps not. How far away and distance are we from the town right now? Two hours, which is um, uh, like eight miles. No, five five miles. Okay. It seems like this object. Maybe do we want to do an ex- run an experiment to see how far away we can sense this object from with detect magic? Well, we have the box, the Faraday cage. Right. I mean, one of us will walk back to town and then cast detect magic and try to see if we can sense it. It's a two-hour trek, and the sun is set. Hmm. We should uh, work on the assumption that any wizards near us will know what this is. That is correct. Okay. I'll be more straightforward. I was trying to give us a way out since I know Nick is super late for you, and I was like, we should sleep on it. Well, yeah, I don't I know. If like I don't go in a long time. I don't know if sleep. Neil needs to know our answer before the next session. Is what I'm worried about. Nope. I can run and roll with anything you want, but it might be All nice right. if you wanted to. You know, if you want to bail, then we could say you well, leave in the night. It's a nice ending point. Or if you want to talk, let's, let's just have a vote. Time. Let's have a vote. I vote that we we leave before dawn. I vote that we did not give the stone to this person, but I'm, you know, I don't have a strong position on, you know, leaving before dawn, telling her we're not going to do it. And if she wants to fight us, uh, I mean, it looks scary, but so be it. Um, But I'm not against leaving before dawn either. I vote that we do let her use it and do let her accompany us in this grand mission. Cornelius, what say thee? I'm I'm torn between the smart thing and the chaotic thing. <laughs> Wait, which one is which? <laughs> They're both smart and chaotic. <laughs> I I think uh, I, I didn't trust her answers. She was far too dodgy for me, and so was her her hired mercenary. And uh, so I, I don't believe a word she says. However, letting her use it would be pretty interesting. I, I think um, <laughs> I get what you mean. But yeah, I, I, I think uh, Sister Helen is extremely protective of the usage of the stone and <clears throat> does not feel like it should be used for something so small as to identifying a wand that has been stolen from another wizard. It seems... Absolutely. It seems like, based on what you're telling us, Bertolt, if you share that memory. I don't know if yeah, you do. Yeah, I'll share. Do you? Yeah, it, it sounds like it's somebody that just chases magical information, and that's her driver, and she, she will stop at nothing for it. She won't give it back either. Like, I reckon even if she thinks she'll give it back now, once she has hold of it and uses it to cast a spell, she'll be like, why the fuck would I give it back when I could just use this to blow them up and keep it for myself? Uh, I believe mm. Sister Helen believes that um, this is our first test uh, sent to us by the unholy. We must resist in the name of our gods. Well, I mean, she's obviously able to kill without hate or malice, but also 
with it was seemingly without a reason so she's a cold-blooded killer you know i mean we we can't we we can't trust that type of person so would you rather we discuss with her and explain to her that we're not gonna give her the one no. or would you rather just be a thumb let's leave a nose with the gods and head off. if out. we tell her no here we're safe but we're not we haven't traveled and obviously they can track us so I mean, putting some distance between us would be good, but... Uh... You did answer um, that she would let us go, right? Uh, if... uh, I don't trust her. I don't trust she, her. Well, that was said... only the zone of truth. Yes, yeah, the lie. zone of truth. Uh, she tried to avoid the reality by saying she would let us go for now. Yeah. Uh, at she that said she moment. wouldn't kill us. She wouldn't attack us here, she said. Yeah. Here with the guards. I, I think that was there a separate without question, the guards. But I believe there was a question of if we decide not to let her use it, could we go our separate ways peacefully? And that was a yes. She said yes here. Like it, it, it uh, was very specific yes. to this moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, or this location, I thought. Yeah, this location with the mm-hmm. guards. Yeah. <clears throat> so it sounds like this. it's three to one on not trusting. Okay, that's good. But should I, we. I changed my vote. Let, let's leave. Okay. Should we just leave a leave a note with the guards, politely declining, and we'll head out before dawn? I think oh, our absence is note enough. I, I enjoy a good note, you know. If she I, actually I sh- had good yeah. intentions, it feels yeah. more polite. To- we should have a semblance of politeness here because she is rash and she is violent. So if she feels affronted, she may chase after us. If she feels respected, she might just move on. Or any of uh, you particularly well versed in etiquette. <laughs> yeah, what is the etiquette on cold-blooded killers who want your infinitely powerful <laughs> Will the note dissuade her from challenging <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Point well made. Uh, we can write the note for next time. Some One of us will. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to bail in the morning before dawn now. Okay. Well, that will wrap us up for our first <laughs> session of The Light of Illumis. We will be back next week at the same time for our second session. Thank you, everybody, for coming together. This group is perfect. I'm very excited for the next couple of sessions here. Uh, anyone want to say anything before we head out? I'm really I... thankful for everyone yeah. to be assembled here today, not just the clerics, but the people behind the clerics and the DM as well. Like It's so cool to have this whole group together. And I'm really happy to be here because I already, you know, as usual, Neil has instilled the fear in me. I'm extremely <laughs> paranoid for the next session, and I love it. Aren't you? What? Aren't you just a paranoid person yourself? Why you gotta blame me for these things? It's just, I feel you so have unfair. a special Neil fear instilling way about you. <laughs> you do have a way of thought, Neil. It's so uncalled for. We don't trust your NPCs. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm also my favorite wait. NPC ever. It's meta. It's this is meta, and I wouldn't use it in character, but you absolutely use the bad guy voice for that woman. And I heard it one hundred percent. I have a bad guy voice. Yeah, yeah, you have a bad guy voice. It slipped oh. out at the end. Of that. I, I wanted to use several mafia references during that scene, but I, I refrained. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens next week on Light of a Loomis. Bye, bye, everybody. See you guys. Bye.